everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. Ah, after all this time, to be going back to where it all started. Back to the Matrix! Are you excited? Yeah! I mean, there's no other way to open it. There's not. I mean, I would what? argue that there are definitely other okay. ways to open what, it, but you, that's okay. Hey, Brooke, do you want to repaint the world with rainbows? I love that line. Um, a part of me has felt like I've been waiting my whole life for this. For this episode? Episode. Um, we... Because <laughs> people we really... have been baiting and switching people for three <laughs> mm-hmm, weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We really waffled back and forth uh, over, like, whether we should have a guest on this mm-hmm. episode. And we were like, oh, there are so many, like, great critics that are, yes. like, writing about this movie. Should we right. try to, like, reach out to some of them? Uh-huh. Or should we just, like go all Do in it. yes and i think that we made the right decision because holy shit there is so much to talk about with this movie yes. i think that look i love guests i love having guests we if you're listening them. and you want to be a guest great i think that i would have bullied a guest out of talking <laughs> i've been like well i understand that you have a point but however hold your thought <laughs> like we thought the matrix og was yes. like gonna be a difficult Dense. episode to talk yeah. about this is like i think a million times more dense also because it's so recent and because it's like i feel like it doesn't have the pressure of 1999's the matrix I because agree. it's like yes. we all know what this is right it, it's kind of like much more difficult to misinterpret than the matrix was i agree i think very intentionally yes so there's so much that we're gonna well because it's about. a new movie and i feel like while both of us have now seen it twice mm-hmm. yeah um it's still like for, not like first reactions, but like you don't have time. We've had like a month, yeah, eh, a month, a half a month, yeah, to like sit with something and everything. You know what I mean? But like sometimes, like when we did Venom, it was like an hour yeah. or like other things. So you know, I don't know. I, uh, long story short, I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited because boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to discuss. I'm mostly excited. I think very similar to our Matrix episode, yes. we're not going to be able to say everything about False. this We're movie. going long. We're doing a seven-hour episode. Yeah. Um. Like, you know, <laughs> if, if, if we are your sole film and television source, I mean, great. Thank Good. You, Stay I with guess. us. But like, there's so much great writing about this, right, and yeah. we're we're gonna reference we'll get into it. Some, yeah, some good shit. I do um, have a question for you though. Yes. In like the Matrix, in this movie, so like with our dichotomy, like the me and you, obviously we're not like Trinity and Neo. Mm-hmm. Who would you say that we are like? It, am I like a Smith to your Neo? Oh, okay. In terms or am of I like, like a Merovingian to your Neo? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hmm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, trying to like put into context who we are. I, I would love like, to be bugs, but I don't think I'm cool enough for bugs. I don't think either of us are cool no, enough for bugs. No, bugs step on my neck. I would say, though, if I had to pick between Neo and Trinity, I'm closer to Trinity. So, Probably. like, you could be Neo and I wouldn't. Hmm. I feel honestly more like Jonathan Groff without socks, <laughs> is how I feel. <laughs> He's so good in this movie. So we'll, many fits. We'll get to him. So much goodness okay yeah Where, who are we what are we um hi i'm brooke solomon jordan gustafson we love talking about cinema we love talking about being queer mm-hmm. we love talking about queer cinema uh-huh. so here we are talking about it on mic i can't closing think... out the month wink yes, wink i can't think uh, don't worry that'll come back later i can't think of a better 
wrap up mm. sort of to Wachowski's <laughs> month then going back to where it all started yes the Matrix literally as we started this month a few with weeks Matrix, ago yeah had to do it wow um and I think like this is such an exciting movie The mm-hmm. Matrix Resurrections yes. 2021's The Matrix Resurrections is today's topic, topic if you haven't movie. already uh-huh yes that but um it's such a nice like culmination of not just the matrix but like the wachowski filmmaking in general i completely agree and how it's evolved their themes yes. i think that everything that we have like hinted at touched on discussed over these past couple weeks whether that be with jupe cloud or the matrix culminates within this movie both like thematically mm-hmm. story beats Wachowski literally cast soundtrack <laughs> cast like everything I think has boiled down yes. into this movie to make it like such an interesting piece of art and like there's so much to discuss not only like within the film but like obviously like the context around the film but then also like what is the film in conversation with in terms yeah. of the larger film industry and like how does it play there's just truly so much to dig into so I think we should just like dive in we're just, just gonna get we should unplug it. and get in let's unplug and get in so you want to start with you want to set the pre-pro? table yeah so let's set the table so force the, and knives Here the we matrix go. uh brooke i don't know if you know the matrix was a hit film it was uh, it made a lot of money shocking then there were two sequels which we both are fans of yes uh reloaded in revolutions yes to be fair ish yeah yeah they did good yeah they did good to you know revolutions didn't do as well but it's we would still say audiences at that point maybe were a little burned out yes we're it, a little frustrated it's funny when you think about like the matrix trilogy though versus like the majority of the other Wachowski films where it's like no 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 revolutions like we <laughs> didn't know how good we had, had it, it box yes. office wise yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> truly uh so yes but those those films no did yes exist. they did well and so you know the Wachowskis they went on their journeys they made their movies around sense eight Jupiter Ascending, Mm -hmm. the Wachowskis, they're both out. And after Sense8, they basically shutter their studios. They kind of go on to do their separate things. Mm -hmm. Lana basically is, as someone who's seen Sense8, Lana kind of does most of it. So season one is like equal parts Mm -hmm. Lily and Lana. I mean, they're still working together directed by the Wachowskis. Season two, it seems like Lana is more at the reins, but like it's still like a collaboration between them. And like, Mm -hmm. I was really worried when I like first learned about Lily not being involved with the Matrix Resurrections without knowing much context behind it. I was like, oh God, what happened? Mm -hmm. But it was really just like a Lana was like, I see a path forward with these characters. And Lily was like, I don't as much, but like, you have my full support. Right. I was so happy to learn that there was no animosity. Oh, 100%. Um, because I was like, oh my God, no, like that's so scary. Right. And like, this is like, you know, this was like their child that right. they it's their characters birthed yeah. to like, it's the Matrix. But right. so I think that it just makes this movie come across in a much better way. And mm-hmm. I think like to talk about it in the Wachowskis oeuvre, even though it's only lana at right the writing and well it's like when wheel. people are saying like do you count this as which movie and like absolutely yes, yes and like same yeah. with like tragedy of macbeth like do you count as a coen brothers movie yes, yes. <laughs> like it's by an auteur and it's an auteur voice like you can't watch this movie and be like oh anyone could have made this like this is a Wachowski's film yes and yeah but i think that there was that fear that you had i think a lot of people had both in regards to like 
are the Wachowskis ever going to make a movie again? Mm -hmm. Because it felt like after kind of the failure of Jupiter and Sensei kind of like petering out, not doing huge numbers, getting it got canceled. Right. And then there was enough of a fan service movement to bring it back to like sort of close everything out. But like it got fucking canceled. Right. It was not good. No. Um, So people were nervous about that. And I I think the Wachowskis, they kept, you know, in the studio, which we'll get into the studio IP and everything about that. But Warner brothers kept going to them and they were like, Hey, do you want to come back to the matrix? Please God. What if you came back to the matrix? (laughs) We'll do anything. And there was also, you know, this idea that like the matrix could be explored through Mm -hmm. other filmmakers that, you know, Warner brothers. Yes. Was just sort of like, well, we would want Lily and Lana's blessing basically. And Lily and Lana were like, fuck Fuck you. you. No. Yes. (laughs) So, which good for them. them. And I will say one point one percent credit to warner brothers for not being like okay we'll fuck you right back we'll just do what we want with this ip yeah so and i mean like i get the like in the world that we're living in you can see how they would want to like make something within the world but not with the characters but this is truly a piece of art that is so auteur driven it feels impossible to do without them yeah. it's sort of like one of those things where you're like it's if you're not doing it with them you shouldn't touch it at all so i agree especially on like a, a blockbuster scale like yeah. the animatrix is a great example even though like they were involved with that of something that it's like well you're like you're bringing other artists into the mix and mm-hmm. you're like exploring a different medium and like because right. i do think that this is like an amazing world yeah but if you're going for that sort of like interconnected the matrix franchise right. another matrix film yeah yeah. You, the you should not do it. I agree. Without yeah. at least one of the Wachowskis. Right. So yeah. And so come twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. Lana uh the well not Lana, both of their parents pass away alongside a close personal friend of theirs. Yeah. And basically I think this is where it starts to hit me and where you can start to feel like the personal elements of this movie because I cried a lot and thought a lot about a lot of things in this movie, which we'll get into. But basically Lana in her grief, like came back to the matrix neo and trinity specifically and like looking at them as like these two characters are the most important characters that i've ever created in the world and like while they're dead what if you could bring them back to life and like she's this quote which i think is so emotional where she goes where you can bring these two people back to life and oh doesn't that feel good yeah it did it's simple and this is what art does and that's what stories do they comfort us and the thought of that is super interesting then again like on an emotional level because like yes like we go to the movies we go to the movies where heartbreak feels good yes but like to feel comforted and to like enjoy these experiences and specifically with the matrix again like these are these characters but i think that's where this movie also gets interesting is the meta con meta like it's dealing with like both the idea that these characters comfort us but like is that a good thing necessarily that they comfort us can these things comfort us but also not be great and i think that's where the whole idea of this movie being breaking the binary of both like good and bad comes in and i think that's overall like the big not like thesis statement but i think it's like ultimately a huge non-binary film because there isn't necessarily a clear-cut answer for any of those things it's just yes they can comfort you but also yes studio reboots are fucking are, awful are and bad, can yeah. be the bane of art so like how do we as people sort of like move forward and deal with these things and can you have like art in conversation with like producer driven things yeah you know yeah and i think that like what is especially impressive is that the film is all of those things and yet like i like i said it's very 
it's it's definitely open to interpretation, but in a different way, it's very mm. much not open to interpretation mm-hmm. in, I think, yes. a, a way that, like, Lana is looking at in retrospective, like, the Matrix trilogy and mm-hmm. how aspects of that trilogy were co-opted by not-so-great people and being oh, like... what do you mean? Um, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> we already hashed it out. But in being like, no, like, yes. this is a film for these people. This is how I feel about this story. And, yeah. like, I'm going to state it very... Clearly, which is something that um, both Lily and Lana have done in like a bunch of their movies and in Sense8 and being like, you thought that these movies were for you if you're going to use them for like nefarious purposes. They're fucking not. Absolutely. Well, Bugs has this line in it, which I think is very potent where she goes they took a story that meant everything to people like me and made it something trivial yeah and i think that's both like talking about producers but also people who are taking the matrix and getting the wrong thing out of it and also a lot of wachowski's films where it's so misinterpreted that lana was like fuck you fuck subtlety i'm going to tell you everything up front and like honestly fucking yes good like yeah what's wrong with art being blunt and especially like when your art is so co-opted by terrible people for so long especially if like trans art like fuck you like i'm going to make something that is telling you exactly what the fuck is on my mind this is a good example of i think the the sort of argument that a lot of people online very much misinterpret where it's like you can't show anything morally gray in mm. film because depiction equals endorsement even though the whole yes. point should be the that depiction <laughs> doesn't equal endorsement but yep. this is like i think like what the wachowskis have done and what lana is doing here is sort of a positive spin on that where it's like I'm going to be very clear about what themes I mean so that the potentially like morally gray subject matter, Mm -hmm. it comes across in a very specific thematic way. But I don't think that that needs to be uh, a prerequisite at all for making complicated films. Like I don't want to get, this is, this is not a rabbit hole. I want to go down, even though there are lots of rabbit holes, but we will be going down. Exactly. All right, Alice. Come on. I did that on purpose. No, I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. Brooke's pulling down her sleeve. She has the same tattoo. Too is Jessica Henwick. Imagine. Ooh, Jessica Henwick. Jessica Henwick. Jessica. Girl. Bugs. 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 We love bugs. Okay. She's the best. Can I pitch you something? Yeah. What if we just table this episode and instead we do just an entire episode on bugs? I mean, how's that sound? 50% of this, well, 40% of this movie is bugs. I have. Um, She's the best. I don't know if I've ever loved someone more. She's the best. And I mean, so I Sorry, remember yes. we had talked about, well, yeah since we're on this now sure. we had talked about in earlier episodes like oh we don't know like who this new character this is. is like yeah. is this a non-binary is this a character, kind of character is this yeah. like a reinterpretation of someone like right. switch is this like a, a a probably i don't think that there was ever a question that like it was a, a trans character in the traditional sense because like jessica henwick is a cis woman yeah. but like there we were like hmm interesting what yeah, could this sure. be and i think that like it's open to interpretation. Oh, she's definitely in a lesbian relationship. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah. You bring up a good point, though, and in like reading and like thinking about this movie, I think what's fascinating about this is that the Wachowskis don't go back to the switch well, and I think what's so interesting about this movie and is important about this movie is that it's such a post-transition movie for yeah, them, yeah, where they're not like working through their thoughts on like this character could pretend to be like this thing, but is secretly wanting to be this or like playing, like questioning the idea of gender where this movie is so 
comfortable in the idea of being like, I am out and this is my out film. And here is how me, a trans woman, is like existing within this cis hetero world. Yeah. Uh, specifically, like if you look at like the scenes, you know, within the game when they're pitching all these things back and forth, it's like Lana was probably sitting there with all these cis executives or people online just being like, this is what the Matrix means as like, uh, like this is a trans what object and here are all these things. And Lana's like, yeah. I'm a trans woman. I think I fucking know what the fuck my art was about. Yeah. And so like this movie, I feel like is very much in the sense of like, I'm out. I don't need to like have a switch or have these characters who are kind of like questioning these things mm-hmm. rather than just have a movie be so inherently queer. Like this is a deeply queer movie it's so queer. without it it's being so like, queer. And this is something that we love where it's like, it's not, shoving a relationship up front and center with us and being like look at these two like a gay couple or anything it's just it's queer it's yes. like everything about it is queer and like you can read neo and trinity as like t for t oh. or non-binary or however non-binary you want which we'll dig non-binary. into <laughs> right but like it's not saying it like when bold text in front of you but just if you are a queer person and you watch this film you're like this is a queer piece of art i mean how many times have we on mic been like it would be really great (laughs) if queer artists were able to just make like really big blockbuster works of art that were about queer stuff Uh and like we've seen it a couple of times but this is like it this is it yeah this is it yeah this is like far and away the biggest quote-unquote blockbuster thing like with with guaranteed success built uh-huh. in because of the ip right. that you know the wachowskis slash lana have been able to make since they publicly transitioned 100%, yeah like i would say this is has much more of a sort of like success lift built uh-huh. in than something like jupiter ascending because it's like right. you've got the branding you have the you have the, the quadrants yeah you, yeah you know that there's right. the audience for this right and then like how then within that knowledge like how do you play yeah. with those expectations is what's so fascinating about it yeah yeah and i just think it's like is this such a great example of a movie that is so deeply queer but like is not like you said not necessarily like mm-hmm. front and center that way but also is it's yeah no i completely agree it's great one thing i wrote down is that it's so with neo is like neo when he's sort of in the matrix he feels like there's like he knows that as with all matrix things so like he knows something's off you know there's that idea of falseness isn't your real identity and things like that like you are separated from your body and like what you want and you know the matrix is putting all these things in front of you and like the separation of gender and the enforcement of the binary and things like that and so no matter what i just think the matrix is like inherently like a queer idea yeah and so it's so hard to just talk about this movie without just like redirecting kind of everything back to queerness well i think it's good that we just like said that because now you basically know that anything that we're going to talk about will be like and that's queer because it is yeah we like you don't really have to do a lot of explaining you're just like because right because it is yeah and it's very clear it's fascinating too as like two queer people like i haven't engaged with this movie with straight people yet so i don't know what their interpretation is like if if a straight person watches do you think they pick up on all these queer things or no i mean i think yes to Mm. a certain degree because i think this is a very sort of like clear movie about it but it it's it's in a way that's it's still palatable if you don't want to look for it but if you do look for it it's right there right it's a very fine line to walk i think like no one does it better than lana wachowski like she knows what Mm. the fuck is up but i sort of the way that you're 
describing your viewing mm-hmm. experience is how I felt when I first saw Sense8 where I was like mm. watching it alone in my room and I was like this thing that I'm <laughs> watching right now is like I'm like yeah. having such an experience watching it and then I didn't really have anyone to like talk to about the queer mm-hmm. parts of it but like watching Sense8 and watching The Matrix Resurrections I feel like it on first viewings they both crystallized for me in a very clear way like you asked me a couple days ago when I rewatched this you were like did it better or worse on rewatch and I was like I think it was about the same Mm -hmm. I really like it but like uh, it was about the same because I feel like both times the first viewing that I had of both Sensei and Matrix Resurrections I was like yes Mm -hmm. the things that are the things that we're talking about, the themes just mm-hmm. like really jumped out to me. And I was like, I didn't feel like I had to do any digging. Mm. I'm really happy that they're there. And I was just kind of sitting in like the joyful the joy of that. knowledge yeah, yeah, that yeah. they were there. And I was like, I see them. I don't feel like I need to dig for them. I don't feel like I have to try to unpack them. Sure. I just received them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your was- first like experience like? watching it so i really held out for like three and a half weeks (laughs) it was impressive i was like brooke are you gonna see it and you were like no well i was i was holding out to see it in a theater theater. and i finally did and it was totally worth it um i think that this is a movie you kind of need to see in the theater for one specific scene that didn't hit me at home but hit me in a theater was it the silence scene? yes yeah i, I mean it's a brilliant piece was of sound like design brought to tears with it because like my brain all of a sudden was like you have not sat with this silence in so long in a movie theater how yeah. does that feel and i'm like i don't know yeah because in the context of also movies that this came out around god we have so much to talk about yes you mean but, spider-man uh, and more yeah yeah yeah. but okay. yeah so yeah i mean i i saw it in a relatively empty amazing. theater on just like not a random amazing, but... weeknight no it was really nice yeah. i was like this is a movie just for me and mm. i'm just gonna absorb it into my eyeballs because <laughs> you were digitally downloading it you i wasn't plugged e- in. expecting it to need to be like a big audience reaction sure, movie yeah. i've all the wachowski's movies and sensei i have watched like in a solitary Alone, yeah. way so i was like oh i can't wait to like get the crowd back together yeah. i don't know but i i had a lovely time and then i walked home and i was like so amped that i couldn't go to sleep i love that um how about you tell me about your viewing experience uh so i was home for the holidays and uh I told my parents and I said, look, I love you. I'm going to go see the new Matrix by myself. I hope that's okay with you. It was opening day. And I was like, I just need to go have this experience because uh, this is a movie that's personal to me. And, uh, you know, I just feel it wasn't like uh, this month or that we've been going through has like I've had a lot of thoughts and like have been going like I feel like this month has been like good in terms of like enjoying the Wachowskis and like reappreciating them even though like I knew I loved their films but like on a personal level I feel like I have been thinking so much now more about like gender and isolation and depression and like all these things that they are going through that we'll dig into in this movie and like how that relates to me and everything like so it was a very part like I was feeling very emotional and personal yeah so I go I go to my favorite theater from back home which was also emotional because it's like oh my god after all this time to be going back to this theater right and so i get in there i get there like 20 minutes early mm-hmm. because i'm like oh, i gotta get a good seat there's no reserved seats so i was right. like i gotta get a seat wow, the chaos get my popcorn exactly non la theaters it's really so stressful <laughs> but uh so i'm waiting in there i'm waiting uh no one shows up the trailers start still the only one in the theater and then finally 
probably three trailers in a, a couple that is 70 plus years old i want to say comes and sits down Bucking. like a row like Good the opposite them. side but a row in front of me so i like have eye contact with them right and so i'm like oh wow weird for them to come see the matrix like i wonder why they're seeing it but then the movie starts and these motherfuckers are the biggest Matrix fans I have <gasps> ever seen in my life. They are quoting along to everything. Oh, let's like, fucking go. Like, the, obviously, stuff from the begin, like the first Matrix. So right. when, like, New Morpheus is like, no, Lieutenant, your men are already dead, he starts to say it, and they quote out loud to go along with him. And, like, fucking they're iconic. doing it, like, for all the old scenes. And I'm like, oh, my God, you love the Matrix. Yeah. So it was just three people who stand the matrix watching the matrix together it was truly like an enlightening experience That's, i love that it was amazing yeah I, I went with my mom and one of her friends iconic um, <laughs> they had a great time but my mom was like okay brooke you like have to show me the matrix before we go see the new one of so course. i showed her the matrix 1999 mm. like two days before and then the next night she was like so we need to watch the sequel tonight and, and i was like reloaded, you baby. you want to watch the matrix reloaded because i was like we don't need to bother with the sure. sequels i don't feel like trying to have to, to have the whole conversation and be like, be like why so was that bad here, let's break this through yeah she loved both of them Iconic. and she yes, loved the matrix go. resurrection so that's let's amazing go. what's her ranking i don't fucking know you'll have to ask her <laughs> we gotta know where she puts them um but yeah i just thought it was it was a really it was a really nice experience it's such a good theatrical experience and it's so sad that i wish i got to see it in imax i oh, eh. i don't know because I had missed that Matrix 99 IMAX screening. So oh, like, yeah, I, no, I didn't. Again, it's like these are movies, even though they're, like, they're really big action mm. movies, these are all movies that I have watched alone on That's a television so or a yeah. computer. Yeah. You know? I feel like Cloud Atlas should have a re... Like, I want to... I need that theatrical like IMAX. I want that so bad. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I know. Anyways. You're more of a theater nerd, theater yeah, nerd I than I am. Yeah. But like, I would love that it was really because i haven't the only other hbo max movie that i've watched real time when it came out on like hbo max was malignant and oh yeah like on the day uh -huh. and date thing which i felt like i should have actually seen that in a theater are you telling me you went and saw mortal kombat in a theater oh no i didn't see mortal kombat okay no i did see that for i forgot that movie existed did you see king richard in a theater i did oh wow i was like warner brothers i got you i will carry the theatrical experience on my back yeah um, for most of the ones that i cared about, for the yeah. ones that i cared about i was so stressed out and then for shit like king richard even yeah. though you know i don't think that's a bad yeah, movie at all like, i was like hbo like, max click here we baby. go <laughs> not leaving my house for this <laughs> will smith i am sorry i am not a shill for you i'm i'm not that sorry um, um anyway. anyways no but i feel like this movie deserves like the theatrical yes oh my experience. god it's great yeah. um okay anyways back to the matrix i think we did okay that's great for development the only other thing that i wanted to say sure. on development is that i was like going deep into like why are certain people not in this like mm -hmm. oh i think this is important to talk about yeah not because i was like why isn't Lawrence Fishburne like, sure. I need him. But I was more like, what happened? Is there some like, sort why? of falling yeah. out? I just mm -hmm. want to know. Sounds like it was mostly scheduling issues yeah. and or like basically. I mean, the same kind of with, uh, you know, with Jonathan Groff and everything exactly. with Mr. Smith. And it feels like they just, he, his schedule was too busy Didn't that work. he couldn't come back. And like, yeah. granted, Yes, I could see him in this role. Yes, it could be cool to see him back. But I also think that casting Groff in that role actually adds an interesting new wrinkle to the role. And I, I like think it. it brings more conversation to not only what the Matrix is saying, but like 
at large what yes. it's commenting on. Yeah. You know? And I think that, like, it would... I, I like that it's, like, no Lawrence Fishburne and also no Hugo Weaving. Because mm-hmm. I yeah. think, like, those two together... Well, as they say in the movie, they're, like... They're a you pair, both of us, sort yeah. of. Yeah. So, and I mean, apparently Lawrence Fishburne was not asked to reprise his role, no. but not in like. But a, also, Lawrence Fishburne. Hate Lawrence if Fishburne you're trying to be way. real in lore, Lawrence Fishburne died in the online game because he didn't believe that everything would achieve peace within the Matrix after Neo, you know, bonded with the. Himself. Yeah, like yeah. Morpheus was like, "I'm going to keep fighting for Neo," and um, he died in a fucking he alley. He was shot. It's one of the funniest cutscenes ever. Okay, Batman's parents. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't All right, know. <laughs> Martha Wayne. Look at those pearls. Um. So yeah, but like it, I'm. I'm just. It seems like Lana yeah. made exactly the movie that she wanted to yeah. make. And I, once again, one point one percent respect to Warner Brothers for like letting her, you know, throw them under the bus yes. on screen yes. and like letting her be so meta with well, yeah. so much of yeah. like the first we act of gotta this movie. We got to dig into that, yeah. Well, aren't you so glad well, that I yes. teed you up no, to you talk did. about that? You did. I love it. <laughs> but we should also say in pre-production. Oh, I want to just mention my guy, Tom Tyker, coming oh, aboard. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting that she brings him. She brings David Mitchell, obviously, who wrote Cloud Atlas, the book, mm-hmm. uh, to come on to write this with her. And then Tom Tyker on the score. And for my Cloud Atlas stands, this score not only riffs on the beautiful Matrix score, but also adds lovely elements from the Cloud Atlas score that had me... It's such a good score. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's a good it's a good combo of like so many past collaborators, which yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch get on into, later. Yeah. But like the cinematographer right. um John Toll did also Sensei. had to get replaced. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. So they brought him in like as the replacement and he's right. the one that did Sensei it. And there mm-hmm. are a couple of scenes, the rooftop scene and the bathroom fight. The... the end rooftop scene. Gotcha, okay. And the bathroom fight are mm. two scenes that are like straight the fuck out of really? the sensei playbook there's so many like the sun being and like yeah. light and flare being used as like part of the image but in like a very designed can you kind way. of like, like tell as you go thing. through like what was and what was not uh, like wait no by dp or no i, I couldn't mm. i because i think i well i think it helps that like there's the real world there's the matrix right, exactly. and then yeah. there's like basically trinity and neo's you know, as they start to influence the Matrix. And, like, the Matrix, I feel like this is, like, a cinematic thing, but, like, that ending rooftop scene is, like, so much more colorful than, and so much more, like, light and just, like, intensity than... Well, it's even, like, those establishing shots you get of, like, the analyst's home, which feel, like, ripped at the end of the last Matrix when they're, like, here's the new world, and it's, like, so saturated versus sort of, like, the more desaturated that we had before. Right, Yeah. 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 So it's good. No, I think it, I think it looks I really like how this movie looks. Um, I like it too. We'll get into the action. Yeah. We'll get But there. I think it's shot well. Yeah, and I think it is I too. I think there are a lot of like sequences in it and like it's just shot different. Re- like different like shots that like really build together well. Yeah. And I think it's crazy that they had to shut production down because of COVID, but then and like convince Lana to like finish it. Yeah. Like there's that quote where she was like I could have been one of those legendary movies that got never finished and I'm like the thought of that is heart-wrenching. Like, and why would you torture us like, like that? <laughs> please, no, don't do that to but me. But also, that's so Wachowski is from. Right. like, oh, oh, well. well here's a lost like, one. Ah, <laughs> what are you talking Keanu's about? Keanu's like, I will fucking drag you oh, back. Oh, Keanu. 
Anyways, okay. Anything? Oh, any other table setting we have here before no, we dig into the movie? We sort Let's of see. we were planning while talking about this plot to stop and like talk about different elements as they emerge. Yes, so yes. let's just let's yeah, just let's do just that. do it. Yeah. How okay. long we've been going? Like forty five minutes? No, 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 not that long. Only like thirty. Oh, okay. We're wow. All right. All right. We're going. Time yeah, is just an so you guys know, we're going six hours on this. <laughs> uh, anyways, Ooh, Brooke will not let me do that. But definitely. Anyways, so we open. Interesting. We're back um, in the Matrix. We're literally back in the Matrix. Just seeing the WB logo come up in the green yeah. and the sounds. And yes. I like got emotional again. It's great. And like I, I, this is crazy to say. Yes. Because usually this shit bothers me to no end. Sure. And I think it's very convenient to be sitting here on mic talking uh-huh. about a movie that we love and being like, well, this is the one time I think it worked. Yeah, of course. But as I was literally sitting in the theater mm. while as, you know, mm-hmm. we all know this as like literally the first scene of the matrix was replaying yeah. in the theater. I was like, there's a certain type of intentionality. Mm. It feels different Mm -hmm. it feels designed with like just enough cynicism that i was like i like this yes i don't hate that it is just hitting the nostalgia button for you that it's just like giving you the like pleasure response that you want want. i agree i well i think that's a whole part of this movie is where it's like commenting on nostalgia at large and like morpheus has that line where he like talks about nothing comforts anxiety like a little nostalgia and like when he's both trying to get like neo to feel comfortable like back in the matrix but i think like also with audiences at large like audiences love to be comforted with nostalgia and like in the current film climate that we're living in i think a big issue is that audiences are now inundated with nostalgia and so much of everything about our culture is driven by nostalgia and the idea that like we can just keep going back to these wells and not actually telling like interesting stories and like just movies are built not to like use Martin Scorsese, but he talks about like movies were built like a roller coaster. Right. And I think that is something that I have been feeling a lot recently where movies are just built to give you a dopamine hit on certain things, but not actually like engage with things or talk about things. And like everything is built upon nostalgia. And it's nice to watch something that's like, let's engage with nostalgia on like a front to front level. And you look at this and you look at Spider-Man and wow, like I didn't hate Spider-Man. It's a, very interesting movie in conversation with this film. I mean, you remember on the Cloud Atlas episode, I was talking about that one Amy Pascal interview where it just kept being like, but what is this movie about? Right. It's a movie we're all very excited to see. Right. And uh, there's, I feel like this is a good time to talk about this. There's like, there's like a two pronged sort of weird jumping off point that I think comes from like, again, hitting the nostalgia button to get audiences Mm -hmm. to theaters in this trying time is that, one, if you're rehashing original stuff that was popular, what are you going to do in 10 years when you need to rehash again? Right. Like, you can't go back to the, the well, well, you well, to the well again. that you yeah. already went there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, you I, you technically you can, can, but, yeah. like, I feel like it's 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 decreasing the value of something. It's like yes. printing more and more you're, money. It's like you're, to call, drive you're Xeroxing <laughs> something. And yeah. The more and more you Xerox, you're losing the image quality. Taking a screenshot of a screenshot right, of a screenshot. Exactly. That's, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's, you're just moving further and further away from, like, what actually gave people the, the authentic the feel of it. hit mm-hmm. in the first place. 100%. And the second thing is that it's, like, it totally, I think ends up souring the original pieces of 
media. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, like, the leg- <laughs> the idea of, like, the legacy sequel and, like, all of these things that we're dealing with yeah. is, like, inherently, wow. Look, I liked, I love The Force Awakens. I have I a also blast love that with that movie. Yeah. At the same time, I also recognize that every franchise is now like, what if we like do The Force Awakens? Yeah. And every franchise is constantly like rebringing these characters and like Scream 5 just had a conversation about it. And it's so interesting, like watching movies that are commenting on it while also sort of doing it. Yeah. Um, and I think The Matrix is the one that excels the best. I totally agree. But as you're saying, it's going, we're dipping back into the well. And what this movie is also saying is like capitalism inherently like alienates art from the artist. Yeah. And like, that's the system that we are in. And so much of movie going nowadays is not necessarily about like going to experience something and experience like this art, but it's become like a thing of worship, like a church yes. where like people are going back to like see these franchises and it's just like, it's my routine. It's like four times a month. I'm going to go see this thing. And that's the only movies that I'm going to see. And I'm only going to care about these things. And I want to like, know what's going to come up next. Like tell me what that next verse is. And like, I will be there versus mm-hmm. like, having a singular experience with a piece of art and not knowing what it's going to be, not knowing how you're going to feel coming out of this movie. I'm, I know that I've said this before and I always like forget where I originally heard it, but like the idea of the legacy sequel being so popular because people that watched these films when they were younger, Mm -hmm. when they were juveniles, when they were children now having to watch them as adults and being like, I just want something to feel the way that I felt when When I was was in the movies, when I was like 10 Mm -hmm. and you're never gonna be able to get that feeling again because you were 10 and you had no problem exactly well this was similar with little women which we talk about where it's like you're constantly trying to recapture a feeling you had a childhood but but that's a feeling you had a childhood for a reason you Mm -hmm. will never be able to capture that and like we're adults and we need to like experience things like differently now and so much is i think what's interesting with the groff casting is like by having a young executive he is someone who would have grown up with the The matrix Matrix. 1999 yes and so is someone who is coming back and was similar with the game designers where they're like i grew up with the matrix i know what the matrix is about let me tell you lana wachowski what your film is about because i know because i'm a fan it's like no you don't like that was a piece of art by an artist like just because it meant something to you doesn't mean you inherently know more about it than the artist. And I think what I find fascinating, especially with queer artists and art in general, is like it's tricky because, you know, we make stuff and like yeah. we want to make stuff. And it's like when you make something, you're giving like a big fucking blockbuster movie. All we talk about is like it's released to the masses and the masses are going to interpret it however they're going to interpret it. And that's just life. Exactly. And it's like, how do you then as an artist, how do you kind of cope with that? Like you can do as much as you can, but if someone's going to look at this thing and completely misinterpret it, fuck. And I think that's where Lana then, which we were talking about earlier, where she was like, I can't fucking do that anymore. Like, this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to grapple with because she is making, she's one of the only trans people making four quadrant fucking blockbusters. And it's so like when you're in that position, how do you fucking feel? Like, what do you do when it's so misinterpreted? The pressure is unimaginable, especially when you have a lot of, you know, regular people online telling you that, like, I misinterpreted your movie or your movie could potentially be misinterpreted in this way, which is your fault, which is a problem because you created morally gray things because you didn't tell me exactly how I should feel. Right. You didn't 
hit the nostalgia button for yes. me or the these characters are yeah. good and I should like them button. Right. Um, <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so I cannot imagine how stressful it is. Yeah. And knowing that like if something that you make gets popular, it's inevitably going to be misinterpreted. It's there's inevitably yeah. going to be blowback, even if, if if even if it's the most universally liked thing in the world. For sure. Like there's always going to be that weird sort of like a pendulum swings the other way response. Of course. And, and it- I I love in. Uh, the Matrix Resurrections, the Andrew Lewis Caldwell character, Jude, who's like mm-hmm. Neo's mm-hmm. or Thomas Anderson's yeah, yeah, yeah. assistant or sure, like whatever he is. Whatever he is. He's like, let's go get management, coffee. Who's oh, like, I'll go talk to Trinity for you. Yeah. Who's obsessed with him, yeah. but is also like using Thomas Anderson as like an outlet for him to express his feelings yes. about the piece uh-huh. of art and yep. not being like, how did you create this when you yes. created this? Like, what was your intention? I was like, obsessed. I grew up with I this. I grew up with it. I'm obsessed with it. And here's how I feel about it. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is such a part of our current day, like fandom. And I think yeah. is what is so frustrating I don't know. We both have our things that we love. Like I'll just like I am obsessed with Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Grew up with Star Wars. And it's like in like the position that I am within the Star Wars community is so fucking frustrating because you see these people who are like, Star Wars is the thing that means the most to me. And my identity is so tied to Star Wars. So if Star Wars, these creators don't give me what I want, then like they're fucked up. Then this is wrong. Or like if it fails, like this it's it's so inherently tied to who they are as people. And people I think are not being able to like separate franchises from themselves because as we were saying they grew up with them which is such a problematic thing because like growing up like you could still like something but it can't be tied to who you are and even if the matrix like for the example like as queer people like movies have helped us like come to terms with our own queerness and things like that it's an interesting conversation to have because like watching this i was like this is helping me process my own personal like depression anxiety things like that so like that's something that I am like processing with and that's like a comfort. So like I would go back to this as a comfort, but then you also have to recognize like I can't have this movie be a singular thing that is helping me get through my life. Like I need to do that on my own. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And like, I mean, you quoted Lana earlier saying that like, it's simple. This is what art does. This is what stories do. They comfort us. They're important. That's so true. There are plenty of people who have been like this movie or movies in general, TV in general, whatever, saved me for this particular reason. Totally. They like helped me get through difficult periods of of my life. Yeah. There, that is amazing. Yes. But like, it's just really sort of like the very simple reckoning that yeah. like you have to be in control of your own life right. at the same time. Yes. You can't let a thing control you. Yes. Which is, again, what the Matrix does, where the Matrix is about like yeah. inundating you with content so mm-hmm. that you therefore then can't control yourself. Yep. Which and- is tied up within fandom within queer identities as we were saying everything is fucking connected (laughs) it's all connected yeah it's so there are so many layers to this movie that it's like fucking trek is also oh my god like an onion yeah (laughs) um but uh it it also like you can just watch it yeah this is a movie you can watch you can be like yeah i don't think it's a very confusing movie there's a couple things you're gonna if you've never watched the matrix sequels and you're like who the fuck is the merovingian but you can basically the merv (laughs) the merv you can basically just enjoy this yes as a movie but it's so layered yeah i feel like my first watch i walked out i it's interesting watching my first reactions on twitter people like it's gonna fucking melt your brain i didn't have that experience i was more flummoxed by like overwhelming emotion right where it was just like 
I feel so much like love and like energy as you were saying yeah. like energy. I was really energized right like I'm walking out like let's fucking go <laughs> yeah and like I feel a lot versus like wait did that like I think it's as with all the Wachowskis movies, if you pay attention, I think you can kind of follow it. Yeah. And not that's like, I'm not trying to talk down to people who are confused or anything like that. I like, am trying to talk down to oh, people Okay, who we're stomping gonna... on people? Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, sorry. But no, I think that I think that's an important thing because I think that's what Lana is so in conversation with. Like so much of this is about systems of control yep. that we as people are buying into and we are blinded by. And so mm-hmm. much of the Matrix is about waking up and like, not Being to in say control like, of your own life. Right, like us sheeple are controlled by like capitalist media, but like a lot I mean, of our society is dictated by like capitalist media. And like, it's important as a podcast that talks about four quadrant things, yeah. we need to break free from them. <laughs> yeah. And also it's like a lot of people will use capitalist media as like an extension of their personality yeah. or a way to like feel okay about who they are. I mean, and you, like you how many can. people on apps are like the office or Harry Potter and all these things. That's and you're not just, even like, that's like the least right. harmful. Exactly. But you're just like, Oh my that. God, like fam, what are we doing? Yeah. Like you, you just, you, you can't define yourself solely by no pieces of media that you relate to. And I yeah. think that like both. So I'm actually, that's going to be my new thing is I'm going to uh, pivot to only being identified by brands. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, do you, mean? what do you mean? You're, you're <laughs> pivoting to that just now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that's what you're doing oh, now? No. Oh, God. Jordan's wearing a blockbuster, a blockbuster shirt. shirt. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, if it's not hey, clear, we're yeah. going to spoil all of the Matrix Resurrections. Oh, true. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, literally, what are you doing? Go yeah. watch it and then come back to this episode. But like the first... 30. Why use old code to make something new? Yes. The first 30 minutes, I'm don't worry, I'm not gonna skip ahead through the plot. Great. I just want to say the yes. first 30 minutes are like set in this very like media controlled like mm-hmm. aspect of the Matrix and like Thomas Anderson, Keanu's mm-hmm. character, is being like constantly inundated Blue build, yeah. by like people like we were just talking about people that are like the matrix is everything to me young yuppie upstart how do you give me the matrix again yes how do you do that what the matrix meant like what do people like about it it's bullet bullet time time. it's action i think it's interesting when richie is like no matter what it cannot be a shameless retread but then everyone is basically just like why not like let's just fucking reboots reboots everything is reboots and you're like god we what are we doing as a society? Yeah. I hope that this is something, <sighs> this is a movie that people look back on in like 15 to 20 years and be like, that was like such a searing social commentary of the time instead of being like, well, fucking well, yeah, fuck, yeah, here we are. Like, yeah. I hope that people are like, oh, remember this moment and like how smartly the Matrix Resurrections mm. like analyzed it instead of being like, well, we got worse. We're still in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I think that's the thing is like the Wachowskis <laughs> are inherently optimistic people. And I don't want to say that their idea of the world has paid off necessarily. I think that some of their optimism is nice to look at, but also like, I think the world has become a maybe worse place. So not worse place, but like the film industry, I think in the way in which we engage with art has made questionable pivots. Uh, which I think that they are probably frustrated by. Oh yeah. There's yeah. always, there's always a balance to it. Um, I completely agree with you, but also there's no way that Lana Wachowski as an out trans woman would be able right, to no, make exactly. this movie no, 100%, yeah. in 1999. Yes. So it's like, 
you know, it's not six of one, half dozen of the other, but there is always, you can always look on the bright side when it comes to media. I think always it's very easy yeah. to give into like a greater doom scrolling. Um, but that's why I love mm. the Wachowskis movies because yeah. like they always end, you know, especially their recent outings, like really end on this like amazing, outings. like hopeful. Yes. <laughs> no, including this movie. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Should we start the plot? Keanu Reeves. Let's do it. He, so we're not even to him yet. He's working. Oh, right. We got to talk. Why use talk old code bugs. to make something new? Yeah, bugs. exactly. From the beginning, starting the conversation on the metatextual narrative. This is yes. basically like everyone's made this conversation, but this is basically Lana Wachowski's Wes Craven's New Nightmare, yep. which I love. Good movie. You should go watch it. But it's basically Wes Craven being like, let's talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, yep. which is great. Um, and that's basically what this movie is doing. It's in conversation with like the regurgitation of mindless reboots and recycles that we get. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So bugs are queen. Should we also mention, oh, sorry Mm -hmm. with bugs, bugs, bunny, a trans icon beloved in the trans community, Lily Wachowski on record. I have the quote here. I think. Yeah. I was going to say, do you want to talk a little bit about about that in particular? Bugs Bunny. I mean, my fucking hero. Yeah. But basically Bugs Bunny in general, like inspired the Wachowskis and like Lily Wachowski talked about like how bugs activated something in her trans mind. Like when she was younger growing up and so much of the Wachowskis movies is interesting within conversation with that because there is like Looney Tunes influence with some oh, stuff. Oh, totally. I mean, uh, the Burly Brawl in yes, Matrix Reloaded exactly. is the or best like example. Cloud Atlas with like everything with the plunger and like that whole oh, like yeah, goofy yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like Jupiter Ascending, you could be like, oh, so much. This of is Jupiter kind of Looney Tunes. Yeah. Um, but I think Bugs Bunny has like such a large impact on the trans community because Bugs would constantly cross dress and like was com- completely like comfortable with it, and right. it, it became just like such an important thing. And People were looking at bugs within this as like shameless Warner Brothers, like, oh, they're just trying to tie it to IP shoving. And like when she says, what's up, doc, or whatever. But I disagree thoroughly. And I think that this is very much an homage to out trans women being like, Bugs Bunny helped us. So, and this is Bugs as an icon. So let's fucking put Bugs in there. 1000%. And like, I completely agree with you. And also, it's like Bugs in this movie is taking the role of the white rabbit. So it's like, literally, literally Bugs Bunny. Like, and I love the little shit. Like, she has this shirt with like the Bugs Bunny carrot on it. She literally says, My name's Bugs as in Bunny. Like, it's it's right there. And I love that she says, What's up, Doc? Um, it's amazing. Also, God. shout out to Jessica Henwick I was for just like, delivering can we just talk about Jessica Henwick? <laughs> the line "What's up, Doc?" and like making it feel really grounded and serious. <laughs> everything about her in this movie. I walked out with one thing on my mind, and it was bugs. I mean, she's the I, best. I look. I don't. I talk about crushes all the time, but boy, oh boy. Yeah. Do I have a crush on bugs? Oh, I know you do. Um, I, it's so much that I'm not even going to mention yeah. the fact that I also have a crush on bugs. I mean, because I know are it we doesn't about to even... fight to the death for bugs? No, because no. it's like I know that I can't. I, it's I fine. can't compete. I can't compete. Are you um, kidding? But <laughs> Jessica Henwick in general, I think. She's great. She's so good. Her casting is phenomenal, but it's so interesting her career because she's been in so many big franchise things, but everything that didn't really hit. Like, like fucking Iron, Iron Fist. Fist, which I think is so funny and so then she also was up for this this is known but like this or shang chi Mm -hmm. and i think it's hilarious that they were just going to kind of recast her because now they're spoiler bringing back the tv show so they were they just going to kind of like 
wipe her character from Iron Fist under the table, right? Question yeah, mark? I don't know. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Either way, girl made the right choice yeah. to go for the Matrix because I this totally character agree. is iconic. I also think, like, the actress that they cast in Shang-Chi, like, it's so much better that she is, like you know, An not in a, com- and also not an American actress. Yes. yes. Like, I mean, Jessica Henwick is British, but like, you know, God. like, yeah. I, I think that it works much better. I agree. Yeah. Um, her sunglasses, her pants, her, yes, her hair. And like, I, she is so cool and like has roots in action that yes. like, it was nice to see her like really be the action lead because like Shang-Chi, it's not, yeah. she deserves more right quite honestly i think that bugs also within the context of this movie has the best action sequences and I, like yeah, every she's the new action she's the person. one yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no i love her and like she she was in game of thrones she like which like, was in force awakens character because like those characters are good in the books oh yeah i mean but like they do nothing in the show listen one day <sighs> we'll dig into game I of thrones i guess maybe on our hypothetical patreon, patreon yeah. it'll just be an hour and a half of me being like and here's why i fucking hate the game of thrones creators <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no but that day is is not that day today will come. um i love jessica henwick she's yeah. great i saw her recently you're gonna laugh so hard oh, and no. wait wait is she not in love and monsters just kidding. Yeah, no, she is. She's in this movie called Love and Monsters. Is that Monsters the Dylan O'Brien movie? And oh, she's really good no. in it. And she gets to do a lot of action. And I was like, look at her is go. Is she good in it? Yeah, she's okay. really good. Is the she's movie really good? good? I actually thought it was pretty good. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not saying it's like a must-see, but yeah. I watched it on a plane. And I was like, okay, that no. was, I cried. I Are we cried. about to get into the fucking Twitter discourse about plane movies now? Have it, you seen that? It's a perfect plane movie. People are getting mad at people for what they watch on planes. And I'm like, I am removing myself from this narrative. I, we, you need to log off. Dude. I Half do. Half the I shit that so, you tell me, I'm like, I, am, I don't. I am, you know, I think actually, so like, I feel like fucking Neo in this. You got to get Redfeld real quick. The big, the one I thought that was so fascinating about this watch is I think they made his plug in the back of his head bigger. They did. Which it's is because they're sucking more energy out of yes! him from Trinity because they're like, I'm going to fucking maximize how much i can take from this trans yes. or non-binary person wait wait, wait. We, we'll get we'll, into we're it. gonna Sorry. get to that we're g- we anyways just, we so we're to, opening yeah. jessica henwick uh bugs, bugs is watching basically the matrix play out with the guy in the chair but the guy in the chair is now there yes. um i'm forgetting his name his name is seek seek as in sequoia. sequoia is this our first sensate person Yes. Okay. Did now you that we're know here, that? No, I did not. Okay. Can I now go through and guess who I think is a Sense8 person from this movie? Yes. Because as someone who's never seen Sense8, I want to see if I can do this. Okay. Okay. Please. So Seek, a.k.a. Sequoia. Yes. Guy in the chair, which I think is a cool addition that the Matrix now does. He's there. Correct. Okay. Shepard absolutely Bleach has blonde, to be. hottie. Yeah. He has to be from Sense8. Correct. Great. I want to say that Lexi is Correct. in Sense8. Cool. How many more are from Sense8? I'm not telling you. Okay. Um, Shepard, uh, Berg? Uh, no. Can you talk a little bit about is who Berg he the is? Berg the guy who like is a Neo, like a Neo oh, fight? Correct. He's like, I love you, Neo. Neo so hot. Correct. Great. Love that line where he's like, oh, he's, he's so like, much it's more totally handsome. working for yeah. me. Shout out to, I was like, let's go. Subtle. We let's love it. I think go. everyone on that crew is by for sure. There are no straight people in the real world. No, absolutely. No. We, this has already been established. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. So that's how many, I'm at four. You're from at Sensei. four. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say there's five. I'm going to say, looking at this, is Freya Thelma Hopkins? No. Mm. No, 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 no. Mm. 
Yes, that's my final answer. Sorry, who is that? I don't know. I'm just looking at the cast list. I don't, but you have to tell me, you have to like be specific about like who they are. I don't fucking know anything about Freya. Okay, well, that's a failure. You're just picking random people. I'm sorry. Okay, those were the, I think the crew is where I was just like, when you would text me and you came on, you were like, wow, Sensei, I was like, it had to be all the secondary crew people. Okay, you have no idea. It goes deeper. Many Sensei. Fucking God. Are they like in the video game part? They're, they're everywhere everywhere <laughs> so there's those four people that you yeah. just mentioned we are have any of those the eight from the sense eight yes so Duna, um, wait why was duna bay not in this dude i don't know scheduling issues maybe i was up. duna wait- bay I- and I bug should have been dating waiting for her to pop up i agree but she didn't yes so yes. shepherd bleach blonde hottie uh-huh. uh max remelt he's one of the eight has, is he the cop? Uh, no, the guy who's the a guy neophyte who's a neophyte is the cop. Is the cop? There we go. Yes, okay. I also love that they like made him into Neo in this because he's sort of. I mean, nobody is straight in Sense8, but he is initially pitched as like the like sort of like most like straight, straight dude. Interesting, yeah. Even though he's not. Yeah. They all fuck. It's Every, great. Of course. Um, but they have yes. a brain orgy or whatever. So those are the two main sense. Oh no. Um, Seek guy in the chair is also one of the. Oh sensates. hell yeah, he. Yeah is he's Caffius. he's this guy from Great. nairobi he's what's a van his power driver they all have the same power oh right his is sort of no, like no, they have a speciality his, his speciality is he's a really good driver oh okay there there's one point where um in sensate where um <laughs> nomi is like in behind the car of a san francisco vehicle uh-huh. and she's like oh shit i can't drive and he like appears and he's like i can and then like Geets the car. Great. It's great. Love this. Um, I love when I like just um, it's, you basically I turn a key and like Sensei Brooke comes bad. out. It's really funny. Okay, so we have those three. The doctor who um Bug says what's up, doctor. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She yeah. is from Sensei. She's also cool. a bisexual icon in that show. We, we have to it. stand. Lexi from Sensei. Yes, you already knew that. Um can we talk about the hair on the crew? Because Lexi's hair is buck wild. We will talk about that later. Freema Adjaman from Doctor Who is okay. also in Sensei. She Who's... plays Nomi's girlfriend. She is more of a cameo. She's in there okay. for a couple seconds around the game designer table. Yeah, there nothing. are also two other people Jesus around the Christ. game designer people <laughs> around the game designer table who are from Sensei. This is like when I like have in my brain, I can tell you like random Star Wars characters. This, this is, is just you for yes. Sensei. <laughs> the barista at Simulate, also from Sensei. Oh, fuck. I sh- oh, why did I not guess that? That is so clearly a Sensei person. It's a Sensei person. character. The pilot of the ship. <laughs> Also in Sensei. Holy shit. I actually think that I'm still missing people. People? But those are like the big ones. And also, if just one little extra Sensei nugget, do you know that little bit of the chase sequence when they run past the theater and there's like a marquee that's up? The the movie on the marquee is Is starring Lito. Will you let me Sorry, I wanted to guess. Um is uh starring (laughs) Lito Rodriguez, who is a character from Sense8. Although his actor does not appear in In, this movie. That's cute though. Um we had Corky's which I didn't see. Oh, did yeah. You, did you see Corgi's? Because um, I feel like it's more prominent in the trailer yeah, than I didn't see it. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I love we Simulate. Have to yeah. Oh, my God. It's the best. What a name. I love it. And, I mean, the, it's like movie. all of the shit, like the company that Neo works, works at, for, oh, founded, well, okay. is called Deus Machina. Yes. So for good. For people who, we should say, just for people who might not know, Deus Ex Machina is basically, like, in the end of a story when your characters are in, like, perilous trouble and, like... What do you know? A Something God comes out or and helps an all you. All powerful yes. being comes down. It was actually like 
um, originated in like ancient Greek and Roman plays when they like needed to wrap shit up and they would just have right. the gods come of down course. and be like, everyone stop and fighting. Here's this. Yeah. Here's what you have to do. There's actually a lot of good Greek mythology shit in Love this. this movie. We can dig into it. Um, well, you know, God, since you're fucking, letting me talk, I might as well nerds. just keep going. So, you know, it's like there's shit like. Um, can we just wait before? Mm-hmm. Can I just expose us? Yeah. I think it was really funny when you tw- uh, texted me and friend of the pod, Jake, and you were like, wow, us Shakespeare nerds. And me and you, the fact that we just like DM each other the fucking ancient greek fucking myth twitter yeah, account stuff it's we're really we're really down bad it's really not good yeah um but there's a lot of like mythology stuff in like the first major's trilogy like morpheus course, is yeah. literally the god of dreams from mythology yes. like i could go on and on but specifically or in the santa claus trilogy um specifically in this movie there's uh nemesine their Mm. new ship the the ship yeah yes um nemesine is the goddess of memory in greek mythology i might be mispronouncing her name because i suck at that um the planet the machine human city um is called io which is a binary code yes yes. but also io is a greek mythology character Uh um who like and also like one of the moons of jupiter is named after her because like she was a lover of zeus anyway and then niobe is also a character from greek mythology i love this um keep going gotta gotta love it there's probably more of course in greek mythology is the (laughs) ultimate himbo who we all know but i love that like I don't, because, like, his name is actually Chad. Chad. Yes. But, no, like... It's, it's Handsome Chad he's credited as. Handsome Chad, because it's Chad Stileski. Stileski, who was Keanu's stunt coordinator. Some of the greatest stunt... That's good meta jokes. Yes, but also I love the idea that he, like, is a Chad. Do yes. you know what oh, I mean? Yes, <laughs> oh, 100% he's a Chad. Are you kidding me? Like, I was like, does Lana know, like, what oh, a Chad yes. is? And I was like, For she sure. probably does. Lana has yeah. to be online. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if Lana has like a burner Twitter, burner Twitter account. account for sure. Drop Lana, look if you're listening, the burner come Twitter account. on the pod. <laughs> Drop your letter box. Oh god. Um, is Sabebe a, a Greek <laughs> creature? I could not figure that out. I mean, there's like there's other random people. There's someone in this um uh in this movie named Calliope, which is Greek mythology. Um, like there's other, there's, there's a lot. What are your, (laughs) what are your new, do you have like a power ranking for the new robots? Like that are friends with our, our like group. Do you have a power ranking? No, Jordan, I don't have a power ranking of the fucking robots because. So baby, number one, but the number two, (laughs) that, that like flounder one that Priyanka Chopper has, I don't know if it's her or Mm. is like like the the method of transfer. That's yeah. 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 Where it's like kind of glowy. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if it's Niobe. Or is that's look, I am good at the lore of the matrix. Like I will tell you, this is a door <laughs> and this is a pathway, and this is what that means in the computer. This one, I'm still like, I don't know. I'm sure we could there I'm sure there's lots. For sure. I yeah. I'm less on the, the lore techie. The side. Reddit is still debating stuff. Like, cause I yeah. was scanning the Reddit before this and I was like, I need to like make sure I have it down. And some people are still countering people who thought that they had, it. and I'm like, I'm gonna give it a year and I'll come back and I'll get it down. Yeah. It's fine. We've, we've gotten ten minutes in, into into this plot. I told you it's gonna be a six hour. <laughs> Such it's so. Um, okay, so we talked about bugs. Yes. Should we talk about new Morpheus? New, well, so yeah, so they're watching the scene play out. You have fake Trinity. We're watching and the opening. The opening of the Matrix, but something's wrong. Something's different. This isn't the the Trinity that we know. It's being played by actors. Yes. Yes. Um. Then you have more new Morpheus roll up. Yeah. Yeah. One of our Yaya greatest. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Now we have to talk about him because I think what his casting is also man. so fascinating. On one hand, I have never seen a man play a character or be cast as a character shirtless for so many roles 
90% of his roles, my dude, is either shirtless or full fucking naked. Whipping it out. <laughs> he does not care. It's I incredible. Mean, and I good mean, for him. Hey. And I don't feel like he had to. It feels like I, the first role that I saw him in where I was like, oh, he's just like, was Watchmen. Right. No, yeah. When and you're I just was like, like, fuck. But like, it was nice that it didn't feel like, oh, hey, I mean, if you super hot guy are going to be right. in this role, like. You gotta drop, yeah, to look super hot. Like, no, I just think he's the character. Yeah, yeah. fucking, I love him. He's He's so talented. He's so talented. But he's gonna win an Oscar at some point in his life, for sure. I guarantee. But it's so weird, and uh, people have talked about this. But like, his casting is also fucking interesting because he's playing New Morpheus, but it's kind of the same character that he's played within the context of like four other things: Watchmen, Watchmen, Candyman. I think there are uh, maybe one other, but it's like he's playing kind of like the new interpretation of yeah. this. And I think what's interesting within this movie, which we'll talk about is like, it kind of deals with reboots in a fascinating way where you have like the old guard coming back tired. And then you have like the young, hot, diverse cast, as we were just saying with all of our sensei yep. people where you're like, here are these young guns who are going to like take the franchise. And like, it's doing that, but it's like doing is it. in conversation with that, mm-hmm. which is so fascinating. And I also love that, like, not to say that the sensei cast is not a bunch of cool up and comers because they definitely yeah, are, yeah, yeah. but like, Nobody knows who these fucking uh, people no, are. No, are you kidding me? Unless you watch Sense8. So it's like, it's not like, oh, look, the top 10 young actors to watch. Right. Like, absolutely no hate to Scream. But I feel yeah. like when I saw the cast of Scream, I was like, really? oh, like, okay. Oh, it's Dylan All it's these 13th people reason. Right. who yeah. we know. But like this, it's like, I just cast all my friends. No, yeah. I love Here that, you though. Go. I, hope you, I hope you like them. <laughs> the rules. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Um, it's so good. I but, mean, look. I yeah, mean, yeah. New Morpheus. Yeah. Has a man ever looked so good in so many outfits? He can wear the fuck out of a suit. Do you have a favorite suit? I like his bright yellow I agree, yeah. That is a very good one. It's so good. He looks very good in yell. I think it's Um, hilarious that this Morpheus is just like, I am finally free from my programming. I'm just going to like look hot and have fun. But also vibe. I think it's very smart that he's front-loaded in this movie and then sort of like once he's served his purpose because he's not actually morpheus he's just like a program that neo wrote to sort of serve the morpheus purpose yep he's just kind of chilling yes and he he helps but like he He got a couple days off bead man yeah yeah He's just chilling because I love it. he's it's a program. It's so good. Yeah. No, wow. Yeah, it's great. It's incredible. That little saunter that he does when he Oof. and Neo, like when he brings Neo into like the training module yeah. and he like does a little dance over to like the bar. I'm like, wow, that is the cutest thing that I've ever seen someone do. Yeah. I love it. And bunch of hotties. Bunch of hotties. Oh, everyone in this movie is stupid so hot. So hot. Yeah. Stupid hot. I mean, I love all the Sense8 people for many reasons, but like <laughs> they just, they look so good yeah, they do. in everyone Matrix looks so good. Yeah. When when ooh when they rolled up with like the shaved heads and the uh-huh. bleach blonde looks all in their black leather Lexi's hair like you said what which is, what is going on it's with basically that it's like incredible a bunch of like safety pins like, yeah in her hair it's nuts all of that is so hot to me so many hair choices <laughs> personally no yeah oh. uh love it um so yeah that's <laughs> so, new Morpheus so yes yeah, so by so basically what happens is like the opening of the Matrix starts to play out and Bugs is like wait. Pump the brakes. We've seen this before. Some bullshit's happening. Exactly. And so what they are, they're in a mo- like a training a module that's basically like running a program that Neo built within his yes. game that he's doing called Binary. 
Hmm. Love that. Um, but it's described as a programming sandbox, yes. which basically means that it's like this little hidden it's like a loop. part of the video game yeah. where you can just like go. Yes. And like let your little characters do their thing. Mm-hmm. But like the idea is that Neo on some fucking level. deep psychological yes. level in his life as Thomas Anderson was like, I need to build this to break me out of my life. Yes. And it works. Yes. But it only works because of bugs. Cause she she's frees a bug Morpheus in the system. She's yeah. a bug in the system. She does. So she frees Morpheus by, they basically end up at Neo's old apartment, yeah. which I love the look of it. Very cool. And they are basically like, Hey, I know where this is. This is Neo. He's the one. What are we doing here? Everything's wrong. And they team up. They go to like the fucking key maker. Mm-hmm. They go through everything. Yep. Like that you can go through mirrors and stuff now to get pulled out. Yeah. Um, I think it's fine. People were complaining that you don't have a tangible thing. I think it's very fine. It does look a little goopy, but because it's literally goop. Goop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't really have a problem with it. I also, right. it's like, I think that the changes that Lana does make in this movie is sort of a good example of being like, well, I'm still making exactly the movie that I want to make. I'm not going to like give you the phone booth just because you want the fucking phone booth. Right. If I don't want to do the phone booth, then I'm not going to. Right. So I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's very important. A very important distinction. I agree. Um, so with bugs, yeah. we should also mention. So bugs believes in Neo yes. and she is like, I know that he's still around because I was a window washer and oh, I saw that yeah. Neo like tried to kill himself. And then like the glimpse before I saw like the real Neo, because yes. basically what the matrix has done is like taken Neo's residual self image and like changed it. So people looking at him don't actually see the real Neo. They see like a different image of him. He's just like a random, old a guy. random old guy. Same yeah. fraternity. Exactly. She's a random old lady, which I love the glimpses that we get in like mirrors and stuff. Like yeah, there's a lot nice. of mirror work, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that story Lana has talked about is like when she was younger, she went to kill herself on a su- uh, on a subway platform and an old guy like made eye contact with her and like would not look away. And she like stopped and she didn't know why he did it. And he basically like just like saved her life and that like by saving her life, she's like put that story in here where like Neo and bugs, they like have that eye contact. And by doing that, like, Bugs his life is saved by like Neo and like Neo's life also is by saved bugs, by bugs, which yeah. is like so Affecting. beautiful and incredibly yeah. personal. And like, there's something so touching about like putting so much as we've talked about in the beginning, like by putting so much of your own personal art into something, you can help so many other people like process their things. And like the matrix so much as we'll talk about at the ending is so much about like death and rebirth and like, how do you deal with that? And like, it's loaded with like suicidal imagery. And I think like within the broader context of the trans community, that's something that's in queer community. That's something to talk about is because like so much of that is like of the queer experiences rooted with like people who have lost their lives due to this. And so to like have a character like them save each other through something like that, I think is really beautiful. This is a great example of complicated queer and trans and non-binary representation where it doesn't have to feel like this necessarily euphoric all the time thing. Because it's like, as we've said before, like there's a huge aspect of like being queer that comes with like this pain and this ostracization and you, you don't want to revel in it, but you also don't want to completely ignore it. And movies seem to be extremely intent on doing one or the other yes, or just not acknowledging queerness in the first place and making you do the digging to find the three dimensional characters that you want who are not these tortured, horrible people and are also not like, perfect paragons of virtue right and i think that like 
this is just like such a good movie that's like what if we just had three-dimensional characters yeah and we're imbuing the movie and the characters with personal queer stories like this one Mm -hmm. like that have this like very profound sense of like loss and seriousness but it ends happily right for everyone involved and it doesn't feel flippant no it's not like a happy like oh we have to end this happy it's like natural yeah to the story yeah Yeah. you're able to give characters the ending that you want without making it feel unearned yeah um and just imbuing queerness at like every step of that journey there's this um there's an amazing in sort of like conversation Mm. that you sent me um by willow caitlin mcclay and caden mark gardner who Mm. are two very smart and smart people wonderful trans film critics and researchers that like talk a lot about trans and queer issues in film and like specifically the trans experience and they posted um a conversation uh body talk conversations on transgender cinema on the matrix resurrections that like digs into a lot of these like very specifically queer themes as seen by like trans Trans critics there's an excerpt that i want to read from willow where she says it's uh it's easy to celebrate becoming yourself and praising the act of transition but it's much more difficult to then argue for continued survival we can Mm. only do this with a community of others like us and therefore transness has to be a community representation rather than a single portrait yeah and i think that like the window washing sort of like potential suicide scene Mm -hmm. in the matrix resurrections and lana's like personal experience with that is like such a great example of that um and that is like what they're talking about yeah like in the context of that quote and it's I think it just sums it up like really beautifully in that like it's a movie about community. It's a movie about like having to find other people like you and like saving each other and pulling each other out when you need to. Right. Literally like pulling each other out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there is so much in this movie about like grasping and touching and holding and pulling Mm -hmm. and like, when Neo and Trinity's hands combine, like that's yes. the power of yeah. like coming together. Yeah. It's pulling people out of the closet. It's right. pulling people out of the matrix. It's pulling people into like, you know, self-actualization and yeah. realizing their full st- self and like escaping, like we said, the, the control structures, mm. even like if, when those structures are, are buried in other more helpful seeming structures, like the therapist, right. AKA the analyst is such a great example of that, but it's, it's, yeah, it's about how you have to as queer people and specifically like in this movie like Mm. from the trans experience how you have to like hold on to other people totally to like help you to to survive and to thrive absolutely and then off of that in like the negative point of view is like not to negative point of view but like then when you have a trans person or like you know when neo tries to kill himself then you have the matrix snap and basically reset so they are not able to like have that escape and i think like you can read that as like this cis like heteronormative like system is like controlling you and like not system (laughs) is like not allowing you to like have fulfillment and like to be awakened to like the world around you it's like it's forcing you to be stuck in like a continuous loop of like this bad feedback or you can view it as like they're gonna like let you go do whatever you're going to want they're going to reset you but like that story is then going to be like used by them yeah 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 yeah. i love how therapy is portrayed in this movie because it's like you have a negative like therapist character but it's Mm. not really saying that therapy is bad or that it's not helpful like it's it's about how like control it's about control and about how like 
a system of control can sometimes be more harmful to you if you're not in the headspace that you need to be in. Right. Like quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and I think that I like it. within this movie, if we want, like we'll get back to it, but I think with therapy, I think it's interesting because it's like Neil Patrick Harris is like analyst therapist. We're thinking into his character in general, but like he is so specifically like, forcing neo to stay with like blue pill and in the closet and like yep. within these things like his form of therapy is like forcing him to like constantly relive his worst moments and trauma and like the way that the matrix like co-opted his story into making it a game into making him then ex- think that like anytime he had this like flashback oh no like no 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 it was just a game and basically yes. gaslighting him into like yeah. submission yeah versus then like when he breaks free you have like bugs and the other characters who are acting as like a community as we were saying as mm-hmm. like community therapy basically and like yeah. helping him then get over all of that trauma and like recognize that and then be able to like move forward yeah. and you, it's like you see the two sides of it and i don't think it's necessarily being like all therapy is terrible no definitely but it's talking not. about like a form of therapy that isn't helpful yeah and also like if you want to talk about the trans community at large like therapy is a very difficult thing because so much of that is a gatekeeping tool that is weaponized by government and, and like cis people yes, exactly yes. to like force trans people to not be able to transition and the body talk um sort of article like talked about that yeah. in the exact same way where it's like this is a very deliberate look at like sort of the trans history when it comes to therapy right yeah i think that like since we're talking about neil patrick harris a little bit i think that like yes, casting yes. both him and jonathan uh-huh. Groff. yeah here we I, go i have been thinking about like what this means or like how we want to like interpret it i agree and like i think it's great because jonathan Groff and neil patrick harris are both two very visible gay men yeah being i would cast. say neil patrick harris probably arguably like one of the most out and popular like his like coming out and like him he is like an object of like gay cis men yeah for like hollywood like when you like have like ask people like who do you think is like a gay hollywood actor it's like Who's oh neil patrick Harris. Yeah. you know what i mean like it's the go-to mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and like i think that like having both of them in villain roles mm-hmm. one gives us can villains we Great. always love to bring see them that. back yes. it doesn't make them play it straight for lack of a better right. term but it also doesn't feel like too flamboyant they're not playing it gay where you're like what the fuck is this exactly but it lets them like be fun which i appreciate Uh and also i kind of love that like the villainous Mm -hmm. characters in this movie are both played by out gay actors because i feel like as a queer audience member i was like okay but like we know they're all friends yes i love that i also feel like there's that added layer where it's like fake allyship was also a sort of read on <laughs> yeah. it where you have which i think is like something that we've talked about before where you're like you have this like gay cis like ally who is like oh my god i'm here for you i am your friend i love we're you so much we're all in this together community. but then like yeah. the minute like your interests diverge from them they like do not give a fuck about you yeah and i think it's kind of saying something about that as well yes i mean look it's no secret that like it's very different to be like a visibly trans person than it right. is to be a visibly gay person yeah like but i and i also i don't know maybe i'm just reading into this too much but i thought that it was nice is I guess the best Mm. word that I have comforting Mm. to be like we even in like the villainous roles we cast people who like are part of the The greater queer community off screen too Mm. it's it, it feels very much more like they're villains in a structure that's like 
fictional. Yeah, even yeah, though yeah. it's not. I don't know if I'm doing a good job. No, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, but I agree. I liked it better to have Jonathan Groff and Keanu Reeves facing off yeah. than it to be some random dude like straight guy insert or whatever, yeah. straight actor yeah uh and you know because well, you know then agent <laughs> smith is just gonna go off and live his gay little life because of neo like also, okay they're definitely agent smith they, in this movie well, smith is consistently obsessed with neo like they no really, matter what you can read it like smith is definitely yeah. fucking gay or transitioning or whatever it may be they definitely leaned into the psychosexual yes. obsession in 100%. this movie more so i think where yeah. it's like but also it's like the ori- original matrix trilogy yeah. is much more like traditional blockbusters right. where it's like oh you have the bad guy and the good guy but they're always intertwined because like that's how it works right but this is breaking it. free from the idea of a bad guy and a good guy yes but yeah. i love that to break free of that they were like so he has a so giant crush fuck. on neo yeah. like i don't know what to tell you yeah yeah, yeah no i completely agree um i want to stay on this i think it's just fascinating too with neil patrick harris is because like we like with us like we've talked about starship troopers we've talked about we're going to talk about gone girl at some point for some reason but like are we we'll find a reason i'll find a reason (laughs) we can just talk about uh neil patrick harris but it's like his casting i think now someone had pointed this out on twitter i don't remember who but like people have been talking about this is like his casting way more now is like semiotic and like is about like this is neil patrick harris like how are we interpreting him? Right. And I don't have like a full breakdown. I think it was like a little bit of the cis like gay man, but I think it's fascinating because I think you can draw like a triangle between like this starship and gone girl. Right. As like his type, because there is something inherently like smarmy about him. I think smarmy is the right word. Yeah. Like he is very annoying when he wants to be. Yeah. He's just, he's very, he can play very smug and yeah. very like know-it-all uh-huh. and also sort of like mannered in a particular way that I don't think is like inherently gay. Right. But right. like movies will use it to that extent. Yeah. I think like he's well, they, like lean in, like Fincher, I think gets it. And I think it's, I think he's so brilliantly cast yeah. and gone girl. Cause you never think that like, Oh, he's only with Amy. Like, because of whatever right. like you fully believe There's that he's more, like in love yeah. with her but like it's, like it's an just, obsession it's a it's a particular like hoity-toity yes. manner that Agreed. i think is used very well yeah i love neil patrick harris i, I think he's great he has the fucking range are the exact same in this and gone girl dude i know right so good <laughs> um <laughs> and that he yeah. fucking is a misogynistic dick in yeah. both of them uh-huh yeah great so good it. and that it. he like doesn't think that women can like be the one beat him right basically yeah um and Trinity's like what if i like broke you yeah there's really like late breaking like intense misogyny in this movie yeah. obviously like in universe that i was like not prepared for when he's like it, can you shut her up i was like it it's like Neil Patrick Excuse Harris. Me. Fuck off. <laughs> I love Neil Patrick Harris. I think he's so no, talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love on, him. I'm always Groff, happy to see him. Groff. Ooh, also Groff. him. Ooh. I think his casting is so fascinating because like you have him also in a Fincher. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Fucking, David uh, Fincher knows what's up. But Mind like Hunter? in, in oh, yes. Mindhunter, everyone is just like, oh, gay. But, like even though he's in real life, but like the, they read into his wife problems that he has on that show. Right. Like bringing his own irl stuff into it and then you have king george obviously extremely flamboyant yeah so i think it's that same thing where you're bringing in so much like outside knowledge of this movie which obviously like just leans more into the metatextual narrative of it that's nice it's so great and i just love also it's so funny that he doesn't wear fucking socks with his loafers like everything about groff 
is just so specific and so fucking so good. Good. I yeah. like that he's he's like a parody of the Hollywood exec, the Hollywood right, agent. Exactly. Also, have you heard that story about Mindhunter where he no. like there is it's like one of the like prominent sex scenes that he has in season <laughs> one. He was talking to like the female lead on that uh-huh. show and he was like Okay, so I have to eat pussy in this scene, and I don't know what I'm doing. So if you could, like, give me, like, a primer as to what would be good, I would really appreciate that. That's Jordan's, so like, funny. losing his mind right now. It's so funny. That's he was like, so I, I look, I'm but not like embarrassed. It works for the character. To admit that I don't know what I'm doing, but, like, I need some, I need some tips before I, like, go shoot this thing. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I simply don't know anything more. Iconic. What do you think Roth would do on Euphoria if he had to be a straight guy? It'd be so funny. Uh, Jesus. I mean, um, he, again, he's great. He has the range. They both, I think, like, no, what's it's really phenomenal. important. It's, it's truly incredible casting. Yeah. It's that they both, like, they both have the range. Yeah. I just think that it's, it's nice how much this movie like lets them lean into the things that they the want to lean I into agree. instead of having to be like just play this normal right huh! like it just lets them do what they want yeah it's and great. i think like that's the whole thing with like smith and neo in this movie is it's like so much about like breaking the binary of good and evil good which and we'll evil. dig into but it's like it's so much about it's not which we talked about sort of in cloud atlas too right where it's like and the matrix talks about it too like the matrix sequels are so much about like d contextualize or breaking down rather like the idea of the one in like yeah. myths and like how do we interpret stories Obsessed. and this movie Obsessed is like continuing on that journey it's like a continuation of lana wachowski's thoughts about that yes. and like it ties in like so much both like with storytelling and how they shoot it which we haven't even talked about with the action where the action is like not as like blocked out as the matrix was which ties into like it being a post-transition movie because lana was more comfortable with like just shooting like, it how shooting she wants the shit to. And, like having like finding things on set. Yeah. But like that then t- it's like, oh God, it's all connected. Anyways. <sighs> you were on a good, you yeah. were on a good thing. So. You can keep going with it. Okay. So I think that. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. I, um, I also think that it's like, look, Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss like are not as young as they used to be. It's oh, really? amazing to see them leading this movie, but like if they were gonna have yeah. neo start throwing punches like not a day it had passed feel real i would have been like uh yeah i'm a little worried yeah. um but so feels, i like yeah. i like what they did i like what they did i agree um but it feels so natural too with it does with like so much of like neo's what neo is going through is like his like depression and loneliness and like the repetitive nature of his days where it's like every day is the same and it feels like that and i'm like damn that's quarantine but it's like his new defensive powers are so much tied to i think like this movie's approach and like belief system and then i think it's interesting that there are no guns and i think that's a very active well there are guns but i think like neo not using a gun in trinity i think is a very active choice he has more of like kind of like a superpower like blasty yeah it's like hands up yeah Yeah. but i also like how he's so he's been so like constrained in this new version of the matrix Mm. for so long that when he like lets go it's just kind of like an explosion of emotion yes um because like then when he and trinity touch it's like that explosion we were talking about yeah Yeah. and i love that he just like basically throws people away from him where it's like that is i feel like what it feels like to externalize emotion that you're not supposed to be or that like you haven't been able to it's a defensive mechanism yeah Yeah. but you just want to like shut you want to like blast people away from you totally just want them to be gone get the fuck off mate yeah yeah Yeah. i think then like also they play it so well when he tries to do his jump (laughs) when he tries to fly and he can't yeah but then (laughs) then again like in the end when trinity is like revealed to be like the the two 
you know what I mean? Or like, however you interpret it. Like, I think that's so smart in the way that they build it up because like, we'll come back there to wasn't yes. ever a one, but yes. like her reveal of her powers. Ugh. No. Okay. It's listen, incredible. you can't, you can't Sorry. tiptoe around. You can it. go, into, go it. into it. Yeah. Yes. I think it's amazing because basically what happens in the end is like, they have to make the leap of faith together. Yes. Uh, we have an incredible thing where the helicopter crashes into the building. I did have a note where there's nothing cooler in the matrix movies than when a building rolls. Yeah. It I does love that it. wobble thing. I'm obsessed. But with anyway, it. so they do the leap of faith together. It looks like they're going to fall. But fucking guess what? Trinity's fucking flying now, which is great because Trinity is the fucking one in this world. And like the only way that they can like, they are two, like by separating yes. them, that was like where they got all their power. But the two of them are inherently the one. There was not a one. There is two. So I like, obviously yeah. the, as you mentioned, the original Matrix trilogy is this breakdown of the, the one, one myth. Right. But yet Neo still has all of his one powers. One powers. He's still special. But the idea is that like he made himself. Right. Special. You know, yeah. And like he was designed to be that way, but also like he still has autonomy, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I like et cetera, how et cetera. I like how they kept that as an aspect of this yeah. matrix. Like there still is the one myth because yes. Trinity can fly. Right. Nobody else can, can fly now. Like she can do that. Yeah. And I, I just think like, you know, the Trinity problem is like this very well-known thing <laughs> yeah. in media. Oh, there's like this one badass woman mm-hmm. among a bunch of other guys. I think it's so weird that they're like, it's the Trinity problem. I can think of like 50 other more movies. egregious yes. examples. Yes. But like, I think I felt like, Trinity being the one who is really has to like uplift Neo instead of yeah. him uplifting her, her yeah. uh, was kind of like a nice nod about totally. that. Where it's totally. like in this world, she's the one that sort of like has the wherewithal to be like, I can yeah. do this. Yeah. She trusts in herself more than Neo trusts in totally. himself. Totally. Yeah. He's being so down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that gets to beat up the analyst. So we love Which to rules. see that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's a supporting lover. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I just, I thought that that was like something that definitely Lana didn't have to do because I don't think anyone would have been like, well, Trinity gets shafted yet again. But it's nice that she did. Totally. And I mean like that, it ties back into the originals because there was that thought where Trinity like thought, there was like the whole conversation that they had about like Trinity maybe she being was maybe the one supposed right? to be the was one. supposed to be a choice and Instead, everything she's yeah. destined to fall in love with him right i don't i don't know maybe it's just because like i have such a soft spot for these movies but like there are so many other female characters that i have more gripes about than trinity totally i don't really have the same problems with her that i think a lot of people do i don't either i don't know maybe it's because maybe i hashtag problematic i didn't form like a necessarily like i need to be her bond right. to these movies i didn't feel like she was representative of like all women or whatever mm. i just think she's cool i think she's cool i think like it's fascinating <laughs> to view trinity then in the context of like other action f- women-led action movies and stars recently too mm-hmm. because like her character feels so much more like autonomous and like organic in her like quote unquote badassery yeah. than like other portrayals that we've seen. It's and because... like, I don't want to signal anything out, but like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it feels authentic and it's like earned versus just being like, she's badass. Look at this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because she never has to prove herself to the people around her. Everyone right. just accepts that she is a badass. I mean, yeah. like the analyst is sort of like a, an outstanding example yeah. in like that way. And that he's like, Oh, ew. Like, I didn't think that yeah. you were capable of this shit. Yeah. Um, but she never has to like prove how badass she is. And I also like, because like the original trilogy is still so tender about yeah. Neo and Trinity that like, Oh, their love. She is an ice queen professionally, but personally she's, 
just in love with him. Yes. And they don't, there's no like weird prickliness that usually comes with like women who were badasses. Like she's still very sweet. Totally. Um, I mean, their fucking she, coffee shop scene. She, uh, it's so good. It's, they have such sizzling chemistry. When they clink, they're like, well, we gave some kids some memories. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I like, and I really like their sort of like cute little banter at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was I was blushing. I'm so in, the in on that. Oh like, my god, yeah. I'm oh, like, hello. I ship. Dream couple. Thruple, please let me in. Please. Especially now that they're sort of like in like MILF DILF oh, territory. They're not in it. They are it. <laughs> it's a very specific type of, of hot that yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in. <laughs> I'm very in. interested in. Yes. Um So back to the plot. Yeah. Uh we're at the video game company. No, no, no. I think I think we can pick this up because as we have said, the first 30 minutes of this movie yeah. is basically like in Matrix world Mm -hmm. with thomas anderson living at his game company dealing with trauma that he keeps being told is non-existent hating his fucking life being a an office drone except like in a very different way with Mm -hmm. power and still feeling unfulfilled yes which i think is saying something oh absolutely i mean it's like when the wachowskis were making the matrix they were relatively unproven it was like this thing had to work and it just worked a million times better than they expected now it's like they can do anything but that doesn't automatically mean happy right yeah um yeah i just i really like it it's so good but everything changes well yeah i mean like i think just quick on the, the that stuff uh i think that it, they do name drop Warner Brothers where they're like, they can cut their contract if the Wachowskis aren't interested or if Neo's if, if not interested. If we are not Oops, interested. Slip of the tongue. Oh. Yeah. But again, it's like, I like that Warner Brothers is like, okay, fine. If you make another Matrix movie for us, we will let you shit on us yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Our parent company, Warner Brothers. And I mean, I just think that within all of this, I think like it's letting the audience like in on the conversation and it's commenting upon like and interrogating its reason for existence, Mm -hmm. which I think is fascinating. And I don't think that we will see in a lot of things like this. It is actually being like, why are we going back to reboots? Like, what does this actually bring us? And like, how can we tell a story from that? I think it's so important to have so much of this like setup from the front end of being like, you love these characters, but what do these characters actually mean? And like, how can we like actually build a narrative with them? Right. It's interesting, as we were saying with like Smith, you know, Groff or whatever, that like the people who are controlling the culture is not necessarily like men in suits anymore, but it's like men in loafers and like these executives it's who your are friends. In, exactly. It's your fake allies. Exactly. It's the people that are like, I got you. I just want whatever is best you for want. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, like, like, you love this piece of material. Like, yeah. let me help you with it. Yeah. Like this is comforting to you. And like, yes, like nostalgia is nice. Like I will not deny that. This movie is, is nice. saying right. that nostalgia is nice. Right. It's just exactly. saying that but like, y- how do you work with it? And there needs to be a reason for exactly. you to read nostalgize something beyond well this time we can have more diversity or something like something it's not just something packaged and branded gender flip it and tell the same story or not let's just like reboot it's the same thing they really what are you interrogating here an emotion a huge huge emotional reason it's not like an easter egg pop to be like oh i know that person versus it being like is this a part of the story. And you that's know? why I think that this movie feels more authentically emotional than almost any other legacy sequel. Sure. When you like really 
interrogate like the deep deep themes and not just like how did I feel when I was watching this right. in the theater yeah. I'm not saying that that's like not genuine emotion The Force Awakens right. is a great example of course, I'm like, so happy every time I watch that movie oh my god yeah but, but I don't know that I could sit and like deeply analyze it layer by layer by right. layer and be like it holds up it holds up it holds up it right. holds up like it is so deep and like talking about so many things right. that like exactly. need to be talked about in the year 2021 2022 yeah. etc cetera, etc cetera. you know what i mean oh i got you um and we, that's why this movie is great should we also shout out christina ritchie well shout out here, to christina ritchie who, do you think she had a bigger part because she gets great billing and she's in it for five seconds she must have had a bigger part it's a pretty long movie it's like yeah. two and a half hours so. i look <sighs> i'm sure it was a couple days of lana being like hey just shoot the friends yeah, why don't you ping-pong. come in We'll have this little round table. Yeah. Give me your best type five. Yeah. Like, let's do it. But she is so good in this. And I just want to say, Christina Ritchie, come on the pod, but also marry me. Um, Dude, you're going to fucking love Yellow Jackets. I know. I can't. Just I can't. Keep going. She is. I mean, yeah. She's truly She's so good. doing such good work in that show. It's unbelievable. Oh, we love to see it. Is it the Christina Ritchie songs? I mean, the Ritchie songs? Ritchie songs? It's been the Richie song. Great. Movie. I love to say it. I She's, think this movie is in conversation with the Keanu Renaissance. I the think, Keanu Sons. I think it's like, cause I think it's interesting that he has his John Wick haircut. Yes. In like Matrix world. But mm-hmm. then when he comes out, he's not. And I think that's intentional. And I think it's like commenting upon like how he is now so viewed as like Wick and like was but an also, action star. And it's like a little washed up. And like, how yeah. do we like engage with like the Keanu narrative and stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like that. It's like when he goes back into the Matrix, like as Neo, yeah. he looks the way that he wants to look because it's like we're seeing the Neo. real Neo. We're seeing the real Neo. And that's like, that is the real Keanu. Like that's always what his hair looks right, like. Exactly. That's what his facial hair looks yeah. like. It's very non nineteen ninety nine Matrix Neo, but yeah. like it's perfect the whole for point, Keanu. It's fucking years later, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and so I I thought it was nice that they're it's like oh we'll, we'll give him like the Keanu getup, the agree. thing that you would expect from seeing Keanu like walking down the street. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's nice. They even like they stick him in beanies and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. It's credible when yeah. he takes his beanie off and his hair is so like there is a magic. I can't wear hats and my hair remains, but when he takes oh, his yeah. beanie off, it looks so good. And that's so rare for people. Oh, believe me. I know. It's incredible. It's, it's so good. It's so hot. <laughs> I mean, I don't, do you have anything else at the video game company? I'm just looking at my notes. I feel like that's my big things there. No, I think that like... Oh, actually, I do have one more thing. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. I think it's fascinating. And I think the idea, I, it was the note right under my note. That it's a video game company yeah. because so much of video games are predicated upon the idea that you can choose your own adventure and yes. you can pick your ending and the choice is yours when you're playing this game. It's freedom. It's an open world. You can do whatever you want, but you can't. But Everything is true. inherently tied to a system and there are endings that you will get to and there are walls built around it. So no matter what you do, the illusion of choice is there, but you're going to hit a wall at some point. And what is the matrix if not just a video game system of control? So that's all I have to say. But yeah, that's, I think it's so so glad you said that smart. And I think people were being like, why is it a video game and not a movie company? And I'm like, it's so much better to be a video game. It's so much better. And like, who fucking cares if like the cut-ins look like they're from the matrix. I'm like that. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, that's not the point of it. It doesn't need to look like a video game. Like, yeah. And also, it's like the Matrix movies kind of do look like a video game. That's right. like part of their appeal. Yeah. Like, they were video games. <laughs> the way that they shoot a lot of the fight sequences in the original Matrix trilogy, these like very sort of designed two shots where you can see all the action happening, that's right. like 
classic video literally, game. Literally, it's like a Street Fighter. You're on yeah, the exactly. side watching like Smith watching... and Neo fight each other. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And this movie is much more like in it with them. Yes. Which yeah. is how like now the Wachowskis prefer to shoot. I think like in particular right. Lana is very interested in sort of like get me like in there with the emotion and right. like, let's just see sort of like, like what where it goes. It's much yeah. looser. Um, when... I'm really glad you said that because I think that that is like such a, a good analysis. And I mean, like, like yeah. yeah, I mean, this movie is about even like further breaking down like the binary illusion of choices. Right. I mean, I love at the very beginning when Bugs is like, yes. ah, you know, red pill, blue I was just pill. Gonna say, it's yeah. more of a state of mind right. than like actually affecting you. Right. Like, yeah. you know, when you're given the choice, what choice you're going you to make. You already know what you're doing. And right. also it's like, nah, they're more of a guidelines. They're more symbolic. Yeah. <laughs> guidelines. You know? Yeah. Yes. And I mean, like, even, like, I love when New Morpheus does it for him. And he's just like, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you uh, know, like you this know, thing, like, you whatever. You know what yeah. I'm going to say. We all know how this movie went 20 it's years so ago. It's so smart. Like, that is where the movie's, like, humor is singing. Because it's like, you get the reference. I don't need to, like, shove it in your face. It's like, whatever. Like, we're dealing with it. But it's not, like, knocking itself down. It's like, yeah. I made The Matrix. I made a great movie. We're going to, like, keep Let's having move fun on. with it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that, like... In terms, I'll just I'll just sort of like yeah. give us a roadmap. I love this. Yes. right here. I think that in terms of like other like very interesting and like effective queer themes that I like can't stop thinking about mm. is like the analysts mm-hmm. monologue. But we're not there yet. So I just want to say we'll get to it. Yeah. The real world is fun, and I don't. I feel like it's it's very like affecting. But like the analyst monologue is the other thing that I keep coming back to, where I'm like, we need to like deep dive into yeah. this. However, so real world though, real world. Basically, like, we I mean, like, we love to see Jada Pinkett Smith. She's back. Incredible. She's here. Wait, where? Oh, yes. Where are where, Should we go plot wise or where are we? Where are I you? I mean, plot wise. I mean, like, yeah. I love the whole sequence where new Morpheus basically, like, appears at the video game company and he's just like comes out of a stall. And I think that that clip leaked early or like it came out and people were like, this looks terrible. What the fuck is this? And in the context, I think it's fucking hilarious that he strolls out of a urinal and it's just like come with me make the choice you but know he, what i mean I, but he talks about it he's right. like i'm really sorry that this is exactly like the best i could give and you. then when they go back it's like there's like a screen projection of the matrix and he's like set in setting like yeah. i gotta make it comfortable for you yeah. like easing you back into the world because like, neo is so deep that like it takes like extra extra effort exactly to pull him out because all of the weird all of the weird splinter in his mind business that was like happening in the first matrix trilogy has now been co-opted into media right it's so oh my it's god it's so crazy and yeah, it's so it's smart so it's so smart you have basically like i don't know I, I like that whole sequence a lot because then you get like obviously smith then gets awakened when he sees the gun and you yes. have the mr anderson and, and it's so good sprinklers are all uh-huh going and then right like you think neo's gonna get shot and again mirroring like the suicide it's yeah. the I guess it everything gets reset yeah it's just like the matrix controls office. him yeah everything was just a vision yeah i just love how the analyst neil patrick harris like has him so deep that like anything that could be called like a splinter in his mind has been like justified in this new version of the matrix it's essentially like i mean if we want to follow like the very clear metaphor of the first matrix it's like you 
only think that you're trans because there's been so much right. media about trans people that like you have just sort of adopted that, which right. I think is something that like queer and particularly and particularly trans people have been told for like a very long time that like, well, this is the harm in like having visible media right, is right. that it's going to trick our kids <laughs> into thinking yeah, they're yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah. The thing that they see and recognize is going to like overtake the rational right, part right. of their brain, which is false. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I also I really that. liked that. And I think that it is like such a mind bender when you're sort of in it with Neo in the movie and you're totally. like, you need to wake up. But all of the things that would normally get you to wake up, you've oh, been told. Ringing. Right. It's just a part of it. Or yeah. just this piece of media life, yeah. that doesn't matter. Right. So you like see him having the steak, like his like, eyes where he's just like, I don't, he like looks, it's really great acting on Keanu's part where he looks so dead and like yeah. overwhelmed by everything and again yeah. as we were, me- were mentioning before we get to the jada thing which oh, is yeah. the scene but it's like yeah. so much of this first half is so fucking loud it's, it's really just like overwhelming every scene is like cut together fast there's that montage and everything you're just like i yeah. am like feeling like i'm having a rush it's really buzzy yeah it's there's just like a lot of like background noise yes um which is like what life is and also like what right. being online is like where right. you're always Literally. just like uh there's shit happening coming into my brain nonsense yeah. constantly yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but yes when he wakes up yes very much in a mirror sequence of mm-hmm. like the first matrix mm-hmm. he gets to this machine human hybrid city this is what i mean in that i'm like i'm not as in even though i like the lore mm. i feel like it's it's you know the machines and the humans and what happened and why they like had to remake the matrix it's like i'm like, I like yes it. i know i like it too there was a machine civil war go ahead Tell me. No, it's fine. Tell me about it. I mean, no, I mean, it's pretty simple. Like, I'll just give, like, the quick rundown. But, like, there was basically the Matrix, as we all know, was constantly rebooted. They've done it a few times before Neo. They're going to keep doing it after Neo. But Neo supposedly brought peace because he chose Trinity and sacrificed himself. But, of course, as with all things, there was a civil war because, basically, by humans being allowed to be freed and, like, make that more active choice, it was losing a more active power source. So, basically, there was... There was not enough power. Exactly. War... So then you have the bad machines, which is basically Neil Patrick Harris, who he comes over and he takes control. And this could tie basically into your yeah. speech is like he where he talks about like they figured out a way to like harvest more energy from a certain emotion and emotions. Yeah. Uh, and basically in order to do that, they bring Trinity and Neo back to life because those are the two and their love is literally like the most powerful thing in the universe. Which we love. We <sighs> love we love that. Yeah. And I think that like um it's it's a very smart way to like you basically solve Bring your the characters Neo back to life your right. dead issue and that it's like oh we, we just need more power yeah. and like we were able to get that through using and them then, because we were saying like they have yeah. the bigger fucking power sources on the back of their head <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah. basically it's like yeah that's that's the the lore i there's more but yeah yeah and i mean like the merovingian people were like how is he still alive and it's basically the merovingian is like an old program on your phone that just is constantly there and like will always he'll not go away away. he's gonna be there literally in like reloaded literally when neo is talking to the architect the architect is like there are certain levels that like we're willing to deal with like we're willing to kind of have a bad life if it means that you don't win but the merovingian is like bitch right i'm not okay with having a bad life don't like me dusty i'm still here but i'm really mad about it yes. whereas the architect was like we will accept it you know he came to eat when his lines were no. he's, like everything Ooh. that he just like shouts about is so good mm-hmm. when we get to it um yeah. okay so does neo and trinity have their conversation about like kids and stuff like that because i like i think that's a really important scene where basically yeah. they, like because tr- trinity talks about 
like they obviously have like, oh, you're a video game designer. That's cool. Blah blah blah. Oh, I, I played you your up. game. Right. Oh, I and like the character that you have called Trinity in he it. He like <laughs> laughed at me when I said I looked like Trinity. My, I my didn't husband. like that. He laughed. Yeah. 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 But I think one of the important things is like she talks about like how she's too tired for therapy and like that because she's so saddled with kids. Yeah. And I feel like that is so inherently interesting because like the architect comes about it but it's like that's their system of control for her for for trinity and it's not saying like you shouldn't have kids or anything but it's basically being like we know trinity is a person and she is too good of a person to not give up her family like she will be like there to for them yeah. and i think that is saying something really interesting about like us as a society and like women and motherhood and yeah, everything like totally. that i mean it's about how it's like if you are a mother you are like so much more likely to have to do like the emotional pull for your right. kids like that you are the like one that right. is taking care of your hey. children even though it's supposed to be like you and your husband right in a you know traditionally patriarchal heterosexual yeah. marriage blah blah blah, blah, blah. um that like cetera, you're 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 much more likely to be so inundated with your children as yeah. a woman because that's just like society that's how society works yeah yeah great i, I love it cool yeah great. um i didn't it didn't bother me that they gave her a family because i was like that's exactly what the analysts would do i 100 percent agree yeah 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 checks um, out for me checks out for me too great love to see it okay so so then back in yes the real world irl so there's this hybrid machine human city mm-hmm. called Io. Io, and it's run by Jada Pinkett Smith. Looking good. I think the makeup's good. Niobe. Yeah. I didn't have any problem yeah. with it. I thought it looked good. Yeah. I like what she's doing. I love it. She's doing a full body performance. Yes. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the silence moment? <sighs> so basically like she and Keanu, Neo, yeah. they're yeah. like having a conversation. He's just like, I kind of like forgot what this was like. And I forget what her line is, but... The basically like all the sound like stops yeah and we just sit in silence oh remember this for like five seconds silence and silence has never played so well in a theater than it did there i like felt my heart like race i was like holy shit like this is how like this is cinema like not to like be annoying like whatever but like that is literally like what the magic of movies is about is like using sound and visual images to build you to an emotional feeling and like or lack thereof exactly and it's just so beautiful to like neo has finally woken up and to have to be free from the sound of the matrix and to be free from the sound of society's like constraints on you is like such a freeing emotion do you remember when everyone lost their minds uh, opening weekend of The Last Jedi when there was like that silent mm, moment yeah. of like the, the ship crash and I, people were like, we thought the sound went out in the theater and oh my God, I yeah. can't believe they did this. This was like a totally radical move. And it's like, did everyone just forget that this is like a, a very tool. important tool of filmmaking yes. is like audio using silence yeah. visual it's not just like designed to like yeah. pump you with like as much as you can handle for two and a half hours like it's supposed to be this like ebb and flow and interesting yes. like yeah. manipulation of emotions um god, yeah that fucking rules too god that scene yeah i mean yeah I, but i mean that was like i i remember when everyone yeah. was like so shook by that and i right. was like guys like, y'all well because i think that's the thing is like what this movie's probably commenting on is that so many movies now very are loud so overwhelming, loud and overwhelming not and a lot of like you don't breathe it doesn't let you quiet. sit and have these yeah. character moments and this movie is about the character like that is what lana is clearly so much more fascinated and oh, like yeah. versus the action like the matrix movies are great action and like whatever but like this movie is about 
the characters. And like, that is clearly what she cares 10 times more about. Yeah. And it's like a great, I don't know. I mean, everything that Jada Pinkett's, everything that old Niobe says to Neo about like sort of what they've tried to do with like the real world, how they're like basically bringing these small moments back to people like yeah. growing strawberries. So people totally. can eat strawberries, yeah. but it's, it's not as focused on like, we have to like this world and like this right. cause and this fight and the blockbuster action is yeah. not everything anymore. Yes. It's the characters now. It's the individual people. It's right. giving them a fully realized world to live in. And you can like enjoy the moments too. Yeah. And like to like, as they were like the strawberries and stuff, like I love that where it's yeah. like, it's fine to like, live in peace and yeah. like harmony and like it's okay to like want these nice things in life and to like yeah. want to like have to make a sacrifice for one thing but like if it's going to bring you happiness for another and i think that's in conversation with the nostalgia but it's like we have to like let ourselves be happy for some things and like find things that like bring us ultimately like joy yeah it's just about like what are those things and like are they healthy mechanisms for it and also you have to take care of yourself you can't spend your entire life going back into the matrix and trying to rescue people like morpheus did and you know in universe like how he eventually dies like you you have to spend time on yourself right even if you're in a world that is like imperfect and like difficult and like feels very apocalyptic at times right. like you have to eat a strawberry you gotta eat a, stra- got a eat a strawberry love a strawberry uh so i think that that is like really great and yeah, i, I think really that like it that scene is pretty close to basically when me, when Neo decides to like plug back into the matrix with his, his sensate friends and bugs <laughs> to go back. And yeah. there's this big Merovingian fight sequence, but Love. basically, basically Trinity is still plugged into the matrix. Yes. Neo and Trinity both got replugged in. If Trin, if Trinity wants to like be broken out, Neo is going to have to go get her mm-hmm. and convince her that she wants to be right red pills yes and she's as blue pilled as he is yeah so how are they going to do that yeah how are like how are they the only do- one yeah. that can make it happen yeah um i think so they go back in to find her yes yeah yeah i think that fight with the merovingian and smith is fascinating because like yeah. smith comes in and like he and neo have the conversation about like smith basically goes like i've been having uh i've been thinking about us the binary of things choices and absence of them mm-hmm. fascinating mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and then like even before then like neo has the, uh, the, the line where he goes like what if i can't be what i once was and it's like all of these like interesting conversations are happening He's like you can't beat time which then ties into like the aging of keanu and yeah. uh Carrie Ann Moss. Moss. You know what I mean? There's like so many things like layered within these fight sequences that Mm -hmm. I find so fascinating and like unique. Like you said, it's care. It's very character driven now. It's it's like the action's fine. And I like, I like seeing Smith and Neo fight, whatever, but like Mm -hmm. I care less about the fight. Like I'm more fascinated. I'm like, yes, like let's dig into the binaries of things. Like Smith, like now that you're like a free object, like what are you thinking about? Like you want to go commit like war crimes, I'm sure. But like, you go like what what is your interest you know like it's, yeah. it's fascinating yeah i agree and yeah. it's it, you know i think it they have this really nice plaster filled bathroom so fight, great yeah but they they're stopping to like talk to each right, other exactly. but also they're getting kicked around which yeah it's kind of like that you scene have where he like punches him a lot from yeah, above and it's like, like multiple hands like speed, ramp up, fast. speed yeah. down yeah, yeah it's yeah, great whatever it's called we're kind of near we're here 
Right. It's, it's yeah. time. We're here. We're near. Yes. So Neo goes to Trinity's fucking sick ass. Dope. She loves a Ducati. Motorcycle workshop. Sparks are flying. Literally. literally. Uh, but the analyst, a.k.a. Neil Patrick Harris, is there. And he basically like uses bullet time. Reverse bullet time, baby. Reverse bullet time where he can slow everything the idea. down. Yes. Yes. Again, Do you know how they shot this? Uh. Yes, but tell me. So basically, tell everyone. It's cool because I feel like people were like, "Oh God, new bullet what time! It doesn't look as good." Time? Blah blah blah. Yeah. But basically, it's. I think it's fucking sick. They used a stereo rig and they had two cameras on a harness. We're basically so like using like your eyes, sort of mm-hmm. like with 3D. But basically, one fixes at one point and the second at another. That's like slightly off, and so you shoot it at the same time, and then you layer it in post, but at different speeds. So you have right. like one person yeah. moving through. So you would have like the Neil Patrick Harris, but then you have Kiana going slow. So they're like, it's a fucking really cool and new radical way of shooting something, and I think it looks kind of fucking dope. Yeah, I think it looks dope too, and it's yeah. like that is you know proof that I think that obviously these the original Matrix trilogy was so radical in like terms of like what it was doing yeah. cinematically and people are like oh well this just looks like every other movie that comes out and right. it's like okay and it's but like, like, well, like what if we did this it's still fucking inventing camera yes. techniques like yes. 20 years later exactly you motherfuckers yeah, like still have it still got it um okay but basically while yes. neo is in super slow bullet time neil patrick harris is waltzing around picking shit out of the air the talking apple it, he has a very long monologue that yes. i'm not gonna like really go into but sure. basically the 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 gist of it yes i think this is important the gist of it oh oh my god i'm so excited i can't even like contain myself the gist of it is that (laughs) he realized when he was basically creating this version of the matrix he's the new architect etc yeah um that if he kept neo and trinity close in close proximity but not touching Mm -hmm. they would power extra energy to the matrix that would make up for all the people that got freed yep but the sort of like analysis and like ideas of emotion that are like being used is what's yeah. really interesting to me i mean he says like quietly yearning for what you don't have while dreading losing what you do desire and fear mm-hmm. those are the two things that drive that much energy and like i think if you just think about that on a personal level that is what is basically driving all of us yeah to do things not just like person to person but like career wise totally life wise yeah. being like i desire this and i'm afraid that i'm not going to get it i have to try as hard as i can to get this thing the idea of hope yes like i need to be on the treadmill to get it because i'm so afraid that if i can't get it like i'm gonna have nothing left yeah whether it's like an interpersonal relationship or like a really good job or like wherever you want to live like it can be anything right but i think like those are two emotions that like play off each other so intensely um and like you can basically like feel your neurons firing when you think about that like i want this so badly but i'm so scared at the same time right um they're it's like the constantly reaching for each other and for that thing yeah and i think that yeah, like that can tie into like queerness too is like you want this thing, you, you want to you, be trans or whatever, but like you're scared of like the comfort so of scary. like coming, like coming out is scary and like you're mm-hmm. like the comfort of that life. Yeah. And so he knows like I'm going to weaponize like your queerness and your love to literally like use your body for power. For power. And like, I mean, what is so insidious about like him using desire and fear is that like the idea that he has to keep them 
he can't let them touch. He can't right. ever let them get it because another quote from that giant monologue uh, is, turns out in my matrix, the worse we treat you, the more we manipulate you, the more energy you produce. It's mm-hmm. nuts. I've been setting productivity records every year since I took <laughs> over. And the best part, zero resistance. People stay in their pods. That's now, like... Look, I mean, indicative of us, our society now. It's not radical for me to be like, did no. you catch the fact that this is <laughs> a reference to the yeah. internet? Yeah. But like, I just, I was sitting in the theater and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how Lana Wachowski crystallized this yeah. so perfectly yeah. with being like the social media algorithm Yes. <laughs> it's designed to keep you online. Yes. It's designed to keep you angry. It's yes. designed to put the most Bring the incredible, worst to the annoying, headache-inducing shit in front of you as fast as possible, and you fucking fall for it. Right. That's the Every other half time. of it, is yeah. you just stay there. Right. It's designed to keep you coming back, but also, like, you do keep you coming back. You want to keep coming back You to it. want yeah. the fucking pain. Yes. And the annoyance and the headache yeah. that being online the brings you. you. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is also, it, it's so fascinating then that how it ties into, like, after all this time to be going back to the Matrix, because that, like, kind of ties into, I think, like, the film at large and, like, commercialism also with the internet is, like, even if we're being given something that we know maybe we deep down aren't going to love and like mm-hmm. this aren't isn't going to satisfy us maybe on like an intellectual or emotional level as much, we still keep going back to it because we hope that it will be doing so. And like we yes. hope with these movies that it's going to be this life-affirming thing and it's going to capture that feeling as we were saying earlier it's that like we used to have. But like fear. deep yeah. down we know like it never will do that. It's going to just keep making you feel bad. Right. But you keep coming back on the hope that it's going to make you feel something different. And yeah. you like hinted at it briefly earlier, but Ooh, like tease. using like this method of like online vitriol in regards to like queer people and mm-hmm. specifically trans people is yeah. like so real in that like people are online getting doxxed, getting yeah. like, dead named getting mm-hmm. like completely having their lives ripped apart because yeah. of what the algorithm is pushing people towards, towards. Yeah. it's obviously very complicated but like that's the whole idea of like pylons and mob mentality and like swarming someone and like right. canceling someone literally like, swarming literally swarming yeah. yeah yeah like literally targeting sometimes like the most like you know marginalized parts people, yeah. of our society who have an online platform because it's supposed to be a place where everyone like is ostensibly on equal footing. LOL. And then the algorithm like literally pushing the worst parts of it for those people to the forefront. Yeah. It's nuts. Nuts. God, it's so nuts. Nuts. It's disgusting. Um, but again, it's like, I think that where this movie could be bleak or depressing or be like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. It's like, we're going to have these characters get everything that they want in a way that feels correct right. and have them literally fly off into the sunset and get to make whatever they the want out they of this online to. world. Yes. Getting yeah. to the rainbow world, literally paint the sky with rainbows. I love it. Yeah. Because we said a, so. And he says it in such a like derogatory negative way, but like deep down we know it's like that is, it's not like inherently maybe paint the sky with rainbows, but it's like being able to like express yourself online yeah. and express yourself in a comfortable way that you never had before. And obviously the phrase painting the sky with rainbows is like just being able being to, to be queer, queer. online, yes. being out, yeah. being in control of the online systems right. as a queer person. Yeah. 
And I love the way that Keanu and Carrie Amash, she was like, oh, it sounds kind of nice. He's like, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it does sound nice. It's like, <laughs> I'm lo- like they are allies. Them. It's like that Keanu thing we tweeted for The Matrix where he's like, I didn't know about the trans uh, like underlings, but I think it's pretty cool. And I I'm think like, it's God, that rules. Cool. I mean, he's the best. Oh. Carrie Amash is also the best. I love... Keanu, they're both they're both so good in this movie. They're incredible. They're so good. Keanu, even the lines that you're like, this could be so corny when he's like, he I still makes know it work. kung fu. I don't know how he makes it work, yeah. but he fucking uh, look. Does. I will defend fucking Keanu's acting till the end of my goddamn days because Same. people hit him all the time. They're like, not he's not any, a good actor. Yeah, at least at least it's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, anyway, um, that's so, that's the end of my my little no analyst th- Ronald. That I think scene and the thing is like also like Neil Patrick Harris fucking sells that shit where you like follow along like you understand it. He lays out the world. He lets you know, and then you're like, okay. Then the team rushes in and they're like, what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. And it's like all hope seems lost and they get pulled out. But then you get Priyanka Chopra who comes back as like little God. girl Satine. I fucking from forgot about her. The, the past. I uh, did not know that it was Priyanka Chopra. Really? Well, no, I did when it was revealed. But in the trailer, when she gives like the... In, yeah. like, in the bookshop or whatever, I did not recognize her with the glasses and oh. everything. I was like... So then when real Priyanka Chopper shows up, I'm like, wait, oh, fuck. She's been checking on him. Yeah. I actually, I did recognize her. Oh, that's okay. Damn. So um, you, with your sen- you had your sensei glasses on. I, I knew. I knew. So Priyanka Chopper, basically, they make a plan yep. to go in. To go in to and get Trinity. To get, to get Trinity. Yeah. I, listen, I would prefer not to talk about the mechanisms of this plan because it's very confusing. It's a chaotic. And I kind of think that it, like, low-key doesn't make sense, but I don't really care. Hair. Long story short, basically they pull out and it comes to a showdown at the Simulate, which I love. Love a coffee shop showdown. We love to see it. Nothing better. But I feel like what's really what's important is that like on a person to person, a character to character basis, yeah. Neo is able to talk to Trinity and yes. ha- she's like, Yeah. Well, it's I, down to a conversation. I, something's wrong. It yes. comes down to a conversation. Yeah. It's so nice. And like Chad tries to pull her away and Handsome basically Chad. it's like a part of me has been waiting for my life for so long. Well, so what took you so long? She recognizes all, as we were saying, what is wrong? And like, then when she gets pulled out, she's like, you used kids, you fucking bastard. Like, why did you do all this shit? And like, Neil Patrick Harris obviously goes against what he said that he was going to do. But when he freezes time again, we get Smith who Smith, shows up coming in. Smith doesn't play within the architect's fucking rules. Yep. And it rules because you see, this is where I love it because it's breaking down the binary of good versus evil where you have Smith and Neo make their alliance where they're like, I kind of love you. I kind of love you too. What if we help each other beat this systematic evil that is forcing both of us to be oppressed? Yep. Let's defeat him so both of us can fly off and fucking paint this guy with rainbows or whatever. Yep. It's but great. then, as you mentioned earlier, when it comes down to having defeated Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. Smith is like... Just kidding. I still serve me. Right, exactly. And like, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Right, right. Um, Yeah. So there you go. They and serve, I, yeah. you know, it ends in a lot of like this big action sequence. Well, the swarm mode I happens. I want to talk about yeah. the swarm mode. Which yeah. is what we were talking about earlier, where it's like suicide being a big part of like the queer community. And yeah. when he activates swarm mode, basically it's Neil like. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil is Patrick the one Harris, the analyst. Yes. yes. Basically, humans the happening themselves off buildings <laughs> and into and explode basically in code and they use their bodies right as bombs as weapons yes you know it's 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 basically like a version of what the agents could do in the original exactly. trilogy where it's like you can weaponize everyone it's the online right. thing you can exactly weaponize can a whole be community weaponized. right against one person and like 
yeah. a body can be used as a weapon and like be turned against you, yep. which is fascinating. And so much about the Matrix is also like, as we were saying with suicide or like falling off of buildings, that is then brought into this where you have all these people who it's used to be like, if you made that leap of faith, you would be woken up. But instead the leap of faith is taken away from you. So like these bodies are being forced to like, try to kill people who are already awake. I think I'm reading too deep into this. Maybe not. But like, I also thought that the idea of like using bodies as weapons and like weaponizing, Mm. like literally people's like pain and death against someone who doesn't deserve it is a really good example of online where people yeah. be like, because you said this thing, I almost killed myself. Right. And it's like, you're like, what the fuck? This is, you are so far removed right. from like what I said. Like right. this, this is not correct. Totally. The I don't yeah. deserve for you to like say this. Yeah. To yeah, me. yeah. Um, so there you go. And like people being like, you are responsible for this other person's right. pain because of something that you did or said that was taken like completely out of context. Right. Well, it's like with Lana. So there you go. That's all of what what Lana's thing is like the yes. misinterpretation of her art and people being like, "You caused Columbine cause to Columbine. happen." Yes. It's like, no, and like you caused the red pill movement to happen. And it's like, no. no, these are bad faith arguments that are happening because of terrible people. Love bad faith arguments, and like that's why the Wachowskis and Lana like are the the best people to tell this kind of story because yeah. like they have been getting this Forever. for years. Yeah years since they started their art yes and had to contend with so much more sensitive shit like trying to transition right like publicly as as some of the most known fucking figures yeah yes like absolutely crazy shit and so this it felt very much like something right out of like that playbook the bad faith argument right Um, i think it's interesting too we kind of touched upon it but it's like as fans of the Wachowskis, it's interesting like viewing within that context of like what we ask of our creators and like wanting them, you know, to come back and to make all this stuff. But it's like also then like at what cost? And like, I think this movie also sort of contends with that is like, what is it like to go back to something when so much has changed in your life or when you are maybe not wanting to go back? Like for Neo, like Neo doesn't want to go back and make a fucking new Matrix game, but like he's being forced to do it. So like, how do you as an artist necessarily contend with that? Do you want to do it? Like, is there something that you owe your fans? Do you like Lily? I love the like things that Lily said where Lily was like, I need to fucking like hit the brakes and like go paint and like just go. I need to step away. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's interesting, like viewing the different ways in which like, we're able to move forwards as artists yes. and stuff. And there's no one right way. And right. like, even we were talking about where it's like, Oh, both of them aren't involved. Does that mean that immediately something went wrong? And it's right. like, they're at different points, points totally artistically. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with like one way or the other. Right. And they're not the only two ways that you have to engage with right. art as I mean, a creator. It's like breaking a binary. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking God, good this movie shit. Rules. <laughs> uh, so as we said, the ending happens, they make the leap of faith fucking goddamn rules and that's basically like there's this very amazing like sunset scene it's very sensate with like the flares and like the way that she sees the code sign she sees the code when okay wait i forgot to flag this when new morpheus sees the code dripping down like on the bathroom mirror it's so good it's such a good good fucking shot that was good shit there's a lot of i mean i love like when neo is about to go back into the real world real world for the first time and he like steps through the mirror and he's like half in the mirror and half out it's like really cool Bugs' confidence then when Bugs walks through the mirror and she's yeah. like, a saunter? God, yeah. Bugs! She, 
whoo, fucking rocks. I mean, she's like the audience surrogate in this yeah. movie. She's not as pivotal to like the, the like, climax, story, yeah. but she's the best. She yeah. is the person that's bringing us back into the Matrix yeah. initially. After all this time. And yeah. then she gets to be cool forever and she has a girlfriend. Absolutely. Yeah. Her and, and uh, yeah. Sensei Lini. Yeah. Lexi yeah. are like implied to be together. And also Jada Pinkett Smith implied to be with a woman too. I think so. There's this scene of like her and some and other like, woman like yeah like a nursery yes yeah. very sort of like intimately like titanic Talking, style yeah. embracing yeah. while they're watching the little ships fly off yeah. i was like okay, mm, I hello i, I mean look, look morpheus is dead you gotta find hey. a new lover hey i like we said nobody is straight and you know i the last the last scene the last is scene. what rules yeah the last scene is let's fucking go trinity and neo they burst into the analyst's home going back into his little therapy office uh with his cat deja, deja vu, vu the cat i lo- okay look <laughs> love it love it i would love to go into the matrix just to pet deja vu deja Gotta vu go pet is some so cats. cute she's really cute um anyway so they're there and they yes. fucking kick him around a little bit and like she eats his fucking <laughs> neck open like goddamn gone girl she amy duns his ass yeah throws him into a wall he gets a nice, very good deserved ass kicking. Yeah. And they're basically like, we just want to thank you. Right. Yes. For putting us like back in the matrix because yes. ultimately you gave us a chance to make this world as we see. Yeah. It. We're going to go paint this guy with rainbows. Yep. You gave us something we never thought we could have. And what is that? Another, yes. chance. Another chance. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, he's like, they're like, I think that's the thing is like, why haven't the machines or the suits whatever purged you it's like he's like i know humans like people don't want freedom or empowerment they crave the comfort of certainty and it's like obviously is what we've been talking about forever with nostalgia and everything and they're like fuck that we're already changing the nostalgia hit right i want the little button and it's like well you know we can do better than that right i think that like it's so nicely of a piece with the original matrix trilogy though because i always loved that the end of that trilogy was like we're not going to free everyone you can pick if you'd like to stay in the matrix it's your choice like it's all about the authenticity of choice as opposed to the illusion of choice and it feels like obviously trinity and neo are going to continue that sort of thing where it's like if you are fully aware of the fact that you want to stay in the matrix like you go for it yeah but it's 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 all about what you want it's all about taking care of yourself no yeah yeah i love it It, i love it it's about yeah like self-care honestly what do you need is like a queer person to like get through each day yes yeah and it's like you don't i also love it in that it's not like well you have to fucking wake up and like you know examine life how it really is if you prefer to lean on things like art Mm. uh or you know this sort of like virtual reality as a way to like help you that's great but you you have to understand yes you need to be aware right you need to know that like it's it's not your real life right exactly yes fucking oh my god yep oh my god and oh. then we get Ooh. brass against yep pissing i can't it's the funniest thing the song can you please explain it because out so, of context it just sounds so yeah. terrible so basically this the final song that plays is like a kind of like classic matrix like whatever it's heavy heavy yeah. metal but the band uh was involved in a pissing incident in which the lead singer pissed on a fan's face consensually consensually but it like took the internet by storm like a month before the movie came out yeah, which just makes like, it LOL. so funny hey no kink shaming no all right no 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 absolutely no not shaming. it's just the timing oh no oh i know it's yeah. 
hilarious. Anyway, but that's not what I want to end on. No. The, I realized there's probably some loose threads that we forgot about. I know, I'm but scrolling one thing through now, yeah. that I did want to say is that regards in regards to the bug's potential non-binary character mm. situation, yeah, 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 yeah. the people in the film refer to her with she, her pronouns. Mm. But there, I think that, like, first of all, being non-binary doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use they, them pronouns. Right. And I think, like, the design of bugs, both in-world and Out in of. Matrix, yeah. like in the Matrix and in the yeah, real yeah, world, yeah, yeah. and like a lot of different stuff that they're doing with like her character, Costuming and character yeah. definitely feels like a step towards like cool androgynous I can, sort it's of like played androgynous. And I mean, like Trinity representation. And Neo, of course, exactly. is like the whole thing with them is this, their plate is so androgynous. Yeah, I mean, even think about like. I mean, Switch is such a great example, right. but no, like, but I even think of like characters in the original movie, like Mouse, where it's like, that's still, it's sort of like, everyone is kind of playing with gender. Yeah, 100%. Regardless. Yeah. Gender is something to be fucked around with yeah. in these movies. And I like that it's, that's still the case. Yeah. That's, it's great. No, I fucking. Also, everyone is Amen. Hot. Um, uh, everyone's hot. Jessica it. Henwick, come on the pod. Oh, um, <laughs> my thing. I know this is, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get flamed for this. And I'm I understand sure that the matrix is saying against this, but I do really wish that I could get a McFarlane bugs toy like Neo has in his office. And I know that the matrix is saying that it's not good, you know, like whatever commodifying all these toys, but also is, it would be so cool to have a little bugs action figure. I think you're way too hard on yourself. If you want an action figure, you should get it one. Would, a little bugs one would be so fucking dope. Am I wrong? Art, I mean, right? Art art cool. is great as long as you don't then subscribe a ton of meaning exactly. and emotional resonance well, to the I figurine. Well, I will be bowing every morning at the altar <laughs> the of shrine. Bugs. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. Any other notes? I'm just looking through. I mean, look, I love it all. They take the lead together. It's not enough to free your mind. You know, we have to, as you were saying, the connection. I, I, I we've think, done I think we're a good. pretty goddamn good job at we this. Good. We did good. Listen. Uh, I fucking love this movie. I, the more I think about it, the more it impresses me. I This conversation, I'm like, wow, I could watch it again yeah, also. Yeah. Watching um, it at home. Look, I as we've talked about before with different, like with Old Guard or whatever, like movies that come out, it's harder for me at home to watch something sometimes wholly focused just right. because of distractions, ADHD, everything going on in the yeah. world. I haven't had an experience like this. Like I was so fucking locked in and it's so cool to see a movie like get you just from like the beginning where you're like, Oh, and okay, cool. Like I'm just, it's just me in the movie. Yeah. It's so nice to have that. Yeah. It's, God, it's great. I movie. basically like love this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, everyone should see this movie. You should see it. And I if, understand. Look, if, if you I don't get like the it, hate. Okay. I understand people who are like, the action's not as good. I don't like X, Y, or Z. Like I see you. Sure. I disagree vehemently. But I see you. Your opinion is valid. Basically, all Wachowski's movies and media (laughs) are very polarizing. (laughs) It literally would not be a Wachowski, a proper Wachowski's property without being a little polarizing. And like, if you like some of their stuff and dislike some of their other stuff, it's all fine. Right. It's It's all great. It's all good. Like, this is not one of those movies where I feel like you have to prescribe so much meaning to being like, if you don't like it, you're an enemy of the state. I agree. <laughs> if I think you it, don't like it, it's okay. It's yeah. kind of a weird movie. It's weird. Yeah. It's fucking weird. I don't think like you have to be smart to get it or any of that other dumb shit that no. people like to pull out. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Right. And if you do like it, come talk Same. about it. Yeah, with we'll us. talk we'll talk about it forever. Uh, I do like though, yes. and this did inspire me. I'm like, look, 
we now have to do reloaded revolutions in Speed Racer. And Speed Racer. We're going to have another Wachowski's month oh, yeah. at some point. Yeah, look, Racer X, more like Xing off the binary. Okay. Sorry. I feel like there was a better joke in there, there but probably I'm not going to workshop look, we've been it going with you. For a, we've been Mike. going for a beat. Oh, no. I'm ready to be done with this episode. You're ready to go out of the Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> um, How much money did this movie make? Oh. Yes. Yes. Okay, so it came out on HBO Max at the same time. At the same time. The so, these, you know, there's this little thing called yeah. the pandemic going on. A little What's that? skewed. Oh, the world is terrible. And it's skewed. ending. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so far, it's made $140 million worldwide and mm-hmm. 35 domestic, which I think is like, well, that's yeah. a really good like example of yeah, how exactly. it's like the HBO Max. It's right. skewed with the numbers. Apparently, it performed pretty well on HBO Max. I don't really know what to tell you. You no, should know. see it. Yeah, you if should go see it. You watch want it, to. please. So there you go. I mean, I think just on the Spider-Man thing. Yes. I think that. Oh yeah. People who are viewing those numbers as normal, it's not. And I think that Spider-Man is an anomaly, and it's playing as this movie is. It's tapping into all the nostalgic synapses that people wanted, yeah. and it's playing into a demographic that is going to go to a theater. And that that movie is going to make that much money no matter what. Yeah. And so I think like to then dunk on the matrix for being like, Oh, it didn't make that much money. I think take it with a grain of salt. And also like it's yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, there's a million different factors. And like, I, I mean, part of this is like not wanting to just like, feel like I want to die all the time, but like Mm. I choose, listen, no when, kidding me too. When some <laughs> no kidding me too. When some movie like Spider Man yeah. overperforms and people are immediately like, Oh my god, this is the death of all cinema. I'm like, I can't think like that, mostly because yeah. I think it would drive me crazy. I, but also yeah. there's more than one factor. There's yes. a million different factors. You there's room for everyone. Yes. Like just There's room for all genders. Just all sexualities. Just unplug for a little bit. Go take a walk. Go offline. Go take a walk. I think that's walk. the big thesis is maybe we sh- shouldn't all be on Twitter. Listen, Perhaps. Fucking speak for yourself, okay? I'm logging <laughs> off. That. Look, the minute I meet bugs, I am logging off. <laughs> you are never logging off. I know this about you. I will try. But it's okay because I don't think you're I a bad I have to live my truth. Because of um, it. Okay. Can I guess the letterboxed? Please do. Fuck. This is actually going to be tricky because... It's actually pretty tricky. I... Rated very high. So did I. I know a lot of our friends did as well. This is a tricky one. Okay, it's you know hard. what? Screw it. I'm gonna say three eight. Ooh, it's a three, way off. It's a three point oh. It's what? A three flat. Are most, you fucking kidding me? Most people gave this movie three stars. Wait, can you just turn your phone so I could just see? Wait, are you shitting me? No, I'm dead serious. But I will say the um oh the sequels God. don't have that high. The sequels have like much. A much lower average rating than no, I expected. Yeah. I'll just tell well, I, you. I know, yeah. Reloaded is 3.3 and Revolutions is 3 flat. So it's like, it's about on par. It's, yeah, with, with those. Yeah. literally every other Wachowski movie besides The Matrix. Wow. It's, my, it's par for the course. I really just tricked myself. I was like, yeah, I read it high. And I know a lot of our friends did. I can trust the Letterbox community. L-O fucking L. It's, again, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't really be wouldn't Wachowski's, be Wachowski's movie. movie without it, baby. It's you gotta you gotta do it. Wow! So there That's you go. So funny. Uh, where's it landing on the queer quadrant for you? Okay, so I've been thinking about this a lot, and like you know, with OG Matrix, mm-hmm. both of us gave it five stars, and Morgan gave yeah. it four stars. For those of you who don't remember, and I was like, 
is this going to build off of that? Is mm-hmm. this going to not feel as seismic? Is it going to feel queer in a different way? And I think it's kind of like a combination of all of those things. Yeah. But yeah. like, given everything that we talked about, I was like, I just don't see how I can't rate it. Five. five. Okay, great. Stars. Cool. Yeah. Same yeah. here. I'm just going to, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, I don't like, look, we've been going on. I could did we could talk about more about like gender and sexuality and whatever. Like it's a fucking, it's as we said, right at the beginning, there's something about this movie, no matter what, it's queer. This is a queer yes. movie. It's five stars for me. I'm sorry. Debate me. Whatever. Whatever. It's a five. This is a movie about gender. This is a movie about how it feels to be out and trans online. Yeah. This is a movie about how it feels to be queer in an online space. Yes. Um, sorry. It's a five star. That's what it is about. Yeah. Welcome to the rainbow. The Gatrix. The Gatrix. No, what's your, what's your thing? Oh, um, the rainbow standard. Yes, the rainbow. We're gonna go paint this guy with the rainbow standard. Welcome there you to go. The rainbow standard. I love. Wow, the rainbow standard is such a good idea. I love it. Oh, thanks, Jordan. 2022. That's right like there. really the. I really thank you. I You're appreciate welcome. that because I thought you were gonna hate it. So no, there I'm, you go. I'm in on it now. Uh, thank you. So that's the Matrix Resurrections. I mean, I, I, you know, wow. we just spent a whole episode being like, please log off and like spend some time <laughs> eating strawberries. But <laughs> if, if if you would like to respectfully yes. discuss this on. movie with us, <laughs> yeah, we can make that happen. We can mostly on our favorite <laughs> Twitter? social media app. Uh, Twitter. Um, I'm in Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And we're together at Queer Quadrant. And you can find this podcast <laughs> on Spotify. Which you can now leave reviews on, apparently. Well, yes, you can rate it. So yes. you should rate, rate us it. on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts yep. and wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, five stars only. Yes, please. Rainbow standard adjacent, only, yeah. as you should. Um, drop us a review. Mm-hmm. Drop us a follow, subscribe or a follow. But most importantly, please, if you're listening to this, rate us five stars on apple yes. or on spotify because we we, we gotta get that rating up yeah because yeah, they just introduced that they did and look this was a good episode so you should treat us hey as now such. come hey on now. this is what credit where credit is due dreams of <laughs> wait fuck no this is what matrixes are made of woo Keep yeah going. dreams are matrixed of i don't Ooh, know mm. eh. Let's not let's not blow our, no, our lead. I think keep going, <laughs> keep charging ahead. Wow, what a great month talking about the films of Lana and Lily Wachowski. It was. It's, it's as been if a good there's time. Nothing else that we could talk about for them. There's no other movie on earth that we would dare cover. Definitely not, except for a movie <gasps> that we constantly talk about. What? Guys, Brooke, what is this? Listeners, for the first time ever. No. This is really seismic, okay? For the first almost as seismic uh, as the Matrix was to media yeah, and culture. For the uh-huh. first time ever. We are covering a non-blockbuster on the main feed. What? Like, not even close to a blockbuster. What on earth could we be covering? Don't the Wachowskis only make four-quadrant movies? Well, you see. Wasn't The Matrix their first movie? It actually wasn't. No way! Their first movie was indie special, Bound. Ooh, a dun, lesbian dun, 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 dun. crime thriller, oh, which baby. we have talked about on mic before uh, just because a few times. we love that movie. Oh, we do? Especially me. You want to talk about fucking Lesbians? nostalgia crime? pleasure button shit? Pleasuring? That, <laughs> no, a lot of that. Can't wait. Ooh, so excited. I wonder, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, it's in the books. It's it's in the- Good it, app. <laughs> yep. That's that's next week. And we have a very special return. Oh, a tease. Yes. Guest. Um, who was a big reason of why we wanted to cover yes. this movie on the main feed. Yeah. So, you know, 
congratulations. This is it's your coming. this is your reward for being so loyal and listening to us yell about blockbusters. You get right. to listen to us yell about an indie. I love it. I'm excited. Wow. I love it. Um so tune in next week for Bound. And Brooke, do you have anything you would like to leave our listeners with? Uh, yes, which is that a little known fact about this movie is oh. that it was filming in San Francisco at the same time as Venom Let There Be Carnage. And I just want to <laughs> say, release the Tom Hardy cut oh, and fuck. give us the gay crossover that we deserve. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>